Oh shit, hold on. I didn't even start recording yet. Oh, okay, now we're recording. <laughs> you can hear the intro twice. Are, are, are we performing live? We're performing live. From the gutter? From the gutter. Wow. Intense, right? This shit is intense. This sounds like you. Honestly, I think you might have like stolen my shit. I mean, this is like an audio NFT. Yeah. Oh shit, you know about NFTs? I mean, are you going to enlighten me? I might. Bitch, I might. I might. (laughs) So I just figured out, well, what I think I figured out NFTs. I think I just figured out what they are. So, this is my take on an NFT. Okay. Tell me if I'm wrong cuz you're younger than me and I would trust you if you if you said you knew what an NFT was, I'd be like, you're young enough to understand it. Do I look like I would know what that is? Fuck no. But <laughs> but but the age, I would I would I would think that you might. So anyways, this is what I think an NFT is. Okay? An NFT is just like um just like selling like prestigious art, right? It's something that people place value on. And depending on how many people place value on it, that's, that depends on how much you can sell it for, right? So a lot of people put value on a Mona Lisa. And since there's only one physical original, then that one is worth a lot of money. And right. if you have it, you can sell it for a lot of money because it's understood and recognized as the only one. And uh, so with an NFT, it's just the digital form. Someone someone makes an original, right, and has a digital uh, record of it being the original one. forgot what that's called. Digital address? I don't know. Fucking ledger. Ledger. Cool. Something like that. And so from there, you can sell it depending on if you have a community attached to that that identifies it as worth something if no one accepts it as worth anything you can't sell it for much right and i feel like i don't i think that's actually a pretty good explanation i don't really know that much about it although fuck you for assuming i wouldn't Mm -hmm. but i mean i think also is explained to me as like people who have a lot of money in crypto because i know this is a crypto podcast where your number one crypto podcast for all the listeners shout yeah. out here um, they didn't even know this <laughs> but but we are we are um, <laughs> today we are today we are. i've got someone I, younger than me on so it's it is the crypto podcast i mean fuck i mean i might be 18 i might be 20 i might be 21 no one really knows your age by it, the way it's it's tbd <laughs> yeah <laughs> no no one knows and I'm, I'm sure that every woman you go on a date with doesn't trust you whatever you say i mean i'm not sure there have been many dates lately i mean but i'm Usually they think I'm 12, but if she's 12, I'm 12. So it's okay. Perfect. Right. I love the logic there. <laughs> if you're 12, I'm 12. If you're a bird, I'm a bird. <laughs> he watched The Notebook once, and that's what he got. Yo, I'm going to fly away like an eagle now. I know you are. But anyways, back to NFTs. So, Enlighten okay. me. No, I just was heard, have heard that in a way, like all these young crypto millionaires who have all this money and rich people who have money in crypto, right. it's just another thing to invest it in. Like it's right. a store of value, literally like you were saying. Right. Because so, people have deemed it worth something. 
deemed ex- an exactly. NFT. Yeah, or or the potential future value of it. Right. But here now, I want to ask you this. Yeah. Because this this is something that's actually scaring me and is is tri- super trippy. Okay. So this whole metaverse shit, I yeah. don't even really didn't not even like understand what that even meant until someone was telling me, I'm in in, in a few years, I'm gonna be on some virtual reality thing. Yeah. You're gonna come over to my virtual crib. We're gonna be virtually podcasting on the wall. It's gonna be an NFT that you're gonna be looking at, and I'm gonna be like, oh, dude, come check out my fucking NFT. I, she's got like some big tits, a fat ass. It's so sick. I want you to check it out. It's you wrestling, whatever it is. Right. And that's been like that's what we're gonna the universe we're gonna be living in. The only thing I would I would say that's not true about that is I wouldn't have to come over. You wouldn't have to come over. We just put our Oculus headgear on, our headset on, and we would be there. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like in the virtual reality, you're yeah, coming yeah. over. Yeah. The only thing I see is like, okay, cool. You can you can set up your own podcast room. Let's let's stick with that podcast scenario. And I can have an NFT of me, you know, and the first time I ever whacked off right <laughs> behind me. So, you know, you can really focus on my face. You know, you say me the first time. Is it like, like confused life and, size? and angry and in and, and fear the first time you nut, you know? Yeah. I mean Yeah, life size. I still haven't nutted. What's it God, like? God help you. <laughs> and uh, so anyways, but here's the thing. Someone can make a copy of that. How would you know that the one, the, the pot, the metaverse, all, you know, virtual reality podcast room that I just made with my NFT of me whacking off is the original, <laughs> unless it's got like an, a, a stamp on it, you know, like a, a watermark right. or something like that. Because I, because in, in someone else's made up, metaverse room they can create the same thing with like a copy of that photo well that's just it there's got to be some sort of a watermark or signature or something to identify as specifically yours but here's the thing is that even is that even as meaningful as we think it is the original you know what i mean because like if i can in a metaverse create the same room that you can and and you have or if you can make the same room that I have, like I have all these NFTs I paid a shit ton of money for, right? And everybody knows me, Cody Lowe. Yeah, he's got NFTs in his podcast room. And they're like, yeah, I'm going to watch the podcast just to look at his NFTs of him whacking off when he was 12 years old on his wall. Um, <laughs> I hope I get banned on YouTube for that. And um, But you can do the same thing in your room. What is the difference? So I feel like the metaverse in many ways can level the playing field between people. Of like status doesn't matter as much because it's really only up to your imagination. Now, that's only under the assumption that you don't pay for things in the metaverse. So now if you actually paid for a copy of an NFT, a copy of a picture to have in your podcast room in the metaverse with physical money or digital money, well then that would create status, right? So mock-offs or, or knockoffs won't, won't be possible because you actually have to pay for that stuff. I never even thought about it like that. But you're saying it's going to dem- democratize the playing field. So if you're lame in real life or you're poor in real life, you can go. your life sucks in, in actuality, you can go throw that headset on and you can be whoever you fuck you want to be. Absolutely. You could live the, you're, you know, you're living that video game or whatever it is you like to play. Yeah, yeah. And that's one of the reasons I have this podcast. Because you and I, we're both trainers. We train in LA. We train famous people. We train uh, rich people. And guess what? 
They're no different than us. Facts. Okay? They're no better than us. They might be a little different. And, and you know, in because, you know, that lifestyle creates all kinds of scenarios that they have to go through that, you know, regular people don't. But it doesn't make them better, right? We're all the same. And I, I always knew that as a kid. I always knew that. But when you train people and you've got a millionaire dying of breath and they can't breathe and then you push them and you're like, hey, keep going, keep going, keep going. And they push through it and they're like, oh, man, I appreciate that. You're like, damn. This is an this is an interesting relationship I didn't know that I was going to have in my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're like, now if you're a narcissist or, you know, very arrogant person, egotistical, you'd be like, "Well, yeah, I'm fucking I'm better than this person." But like to me, I just see the commonality between us. I don't see the the status or the, you know, the financial situation. I just see, "Oh, you get out of breath when you run up a hill, I do too." Yeah. You know what I mean? And so that kind of levels the playing ground for me. And so for a, po- a podcast, this is just me be, like expressing that fact. Yeah. Like there's nothing different. And I want to I be able to talk to people on my podcast like I talk to people when I train them. You know, I train, you know, all kinds of people. You know, obviously, you know, the more you train, the more crazy clients you get. Facts. You know, and then you're just like, oh, well, then it's, it's just like training. When I first started, my aunt who hadn't worked out in six months or, you know, six years and needed to, you know, has bad knees and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, I'm tra- the, the, the same physical ailments occur in everybody. And it, and it really shows the commonality between what were you going to say? I was going to ask you a question. I was going to say, what, give me an example or one of some of the craziest, one of the craziest clients you had, or one of the craziest conversations or things that they've told you off the top of your head. Something crazy they told me? Told you, did. Something. Well, I try to keep those things like confidential, right? right? But did. I'll, are I'll there, say are there shareables? Anything? Yeah, there's, 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 it's interesting. <laughs> I, I might have said this on the podcast before. I don't know. But um, what's funny is I was training one guy who was my age, and it was our first, I thought it was our first session or our second session, and I got his heart rate up pretty high, right? <laughs> we, were, <laughs> we were working out, and... Um, I could tell that he had a lot of tension in his T-spine, his thoracic spine, yeah. right? So his upper back was tight and his traps were tight. This is a very common thing for for men especially, but women do it too. But a lot of men hold their stress in their in their back, in their traps, right? So at the end of the session, I put him on the roller, right, on the foam roller. And he's soaking wet, right? And then he starts to try to, to roll his T-spine, and he can't let go. Like he starts shaking, like uncontrollably, and then starts crying. Damn, he have an orgasm? Nope. <laughs> I always cry after. I think that's healthy. Yeah. I probably should take some notes from you. Can you I mean, watch next time? I mean, Give me some pointers as bro, I'm going about. As long as we can make it into like that NFT. But like that'll like, be the first a, NFT. Like a live you, now you with a version. whistle pointing at me Coaching. as I'm going my last stroke. Should I add that to my Instagram bio? Professional uh, stroke coach? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you coined it. I'm down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to build that business. Um, but yeah, so uh, he he started shaking. He started crying. I was like, he's like, I can't do this, man. And I'm like, just relax. Just keep breathing. Just catch your breath. But he had so much tension in his upper body. That he, he couldn't allow his body to relax. And when it was starting to, it emotionally, he emotionally yeah. released. So the emotional releases are very interesting. 
yeah, when I'm training when I'm training people because you like oh they're cool you know they don't show the their whole personality to you until you like get their heart rate up yeah and then you really see who they are yeah can we talk about something else that isn't even related to training in specific but just in general I feel like people are pussies sure 100 percent. I mean I can fall in this category yeah. plenty I'm sure we all can but it's like you know, even just like you see people running or any people just give up so easily. Like I watched that movie 14 Peaks the other day. I don't know if you've seen it. It's this dude. No. It's Nepalese dude climbing 14, the, the 14, 8,000 meter peaks in seven months. You know, the person who's done that before, like the record was like, you know, six years or, or whatever it was. And I'm just watching this thing and I'm like, I'm fucking complaining about my elbow hurting. Right. And this guy is just like, you know. I mean, he's a he's a nut, he's an animal, but I mean, right. I'm just like, how big of a pussy am I? And then I'm not even a big pussy on the scale of pussies, right? Yeah, I'm like in the one percent of put of pussies. The, I mean, agreed. Yeah. So I don't know the pussification. There's a scale for sure, and people need to know where they are on the scale. It's important. It's super important, dude. So we were talking about a big pussy. I mean, earlier one one of the largest ones I I done ever seen. Yeah. That cat was huge, six five, two fifty at least. I mean, I mean, I think that's a big dude. Might, I mean, I've seen done seen a few of those in Af- in Africa. Yeah, you know, for sure. In the savannah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, dude. Yeah, people don't realize it, and I think that's uh, what that's why people like that do what they do. They don't know how much of a pussy they are. Like you, you were watching that. You said it was a doc. Yeah, I started watching. I watched this doc with Courtney. It was called uh, Happy People. Have you heard of it? No. It's called Happy People, A Year in the Taiga. T-A-I-G-A. It's the Siberian wilderness yeah, yeah, yeah. in Russia. And it's the uh, it's the director of Grizzly Man. Did you ever watch that documentary? No, with well. the, the guy who lived with the grizzly bears and ended up oh, getting eaten to death? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody knows that part. Just like that movie where they dropped the cocaine and the grizzly bear ate it. <laughs> really? I've never <laughs> yeah, seen this that. This is like a legitimate... <laughs> this is like a box office movie. <laughs> really? <laughs> And the bear got rid of the drugs for him. <laughs> Something like that. Wow. Yeah. Okay, go on. So anyways, uh, and dude, these guys just live in the fucking tundra, man. Like, it's it's cold all year long. It's like nine months of snow, you know? Yeah. And uh, they love it. Like, they're so connected to nature. And it's like, they're, they don't make excuses. They still got to get up. They jump in the water, in the freezing water. They're, like, they're, not, they're not like, ooh, eat. If I jump in water, I'm like, ooh. But like that's that's their life, man. Well, I think that's one of the biggest problems is why do we as humans and species have more problems than we ever have ever? Things are technically better than they have ever have been, right? Technology, death rates, whatever, you know, not counting COVID, whatever. Yet people have more problems than ever. The you know, mental health epidemic, whatever it is. Why why is that? Why do you think that is? Um Well, I think there's a certain amount of like struggle that the physical form that we have needs yes and when you get so comfortable in like civilized society you don't have access to that struggle and and you just you that's what creates mental issues i think so one thousand percent just like you were saying these guys in the tundra wherever they're living the nepalese dude these guys you know they're you're a product of your environment they are there they're strong they just want to live survive and do as best as they can for their family and they they're you know living true to their roots yeah we're here 
you know, I'm worried about fucking what Danielle's doing on social media tonight. Where is she going out or, or whatever, you know, yeah. who, who's going snowboarding and I'm not going. And then like, you know, I'm not, you're not in the present here and now. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, all these problems just pile on each other and it's like the negative feedback loop that, you know, keeps on, keeps on spinning. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our mind and our body is, is like literally meant to do something all day long, like yeah. build something, go hunt for something i hate using that analogy but it's just true it's like the body needs to be doing this stuff having this much comfort you will have mental mental issues you'll deal with anxiety you'll deal with depression that's just it's part of it so that's why i think it's it's super important i mean the gym is one way of doing it but there's so many other ways i think you need it as well just create get get uncomfortable mm-hmm. and, and i feel like the getting comfortable being uncomfortable is is like whether it's in business, uh, personally, or achieving great things, whatever it is, that that's anyone who's achieved greatness has gotten comfortable being uncomfortable in that way. Sure, yeah. And I think like that we our lives are built around as much comfort as possible. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I don't so know. how do you do it? You have to artificially uh, simulate some type of struggle in your life, and this and so this is this is something that you do. This is what I get my clients to do if they want to do it. Create some type of goal that you train towards. Yeah. If you've got a goal you can train towards, such as an event, like we sign up for a 5K four months in advance. All right, everything we do every week is geared towards training for this. Now, on a, on a more, like, less personal training situation, uh, I think having side projects where you are physically, like, working on something... Mm-hmm. To like build something is huge. 100%. You've got to have something that engages your mind and your body in a way like like some type of artisan work. Like I you're, agree. you're building a gingerbread house. You know, something like that. No, for sure. I mean, it's interesting, right? Because like someone asked me the other day, right? Because, you know, I'm an active guy. They're like, what, is there anything you like to do that's, you know, not particularly active, right? And I, I think there's a huge void. And I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't come up with anything. When I was young, I would draw or, you know, paint, whatever. Now it's, you know, I surf. And, you know, if, you know, I surf. Yeah. You know, maybe, you know, you go to the snow or whatever. That's my, that's my pursuit. And it's great. And I love it more than anything. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I need other things. And, and you know, the other things stimulate your mind. And then it makes other things better when you come back to them. 100%. I've, uh... I've actually looked into getting some like what two thousand piece puzzles, <laughs> literally. Only you be on that, <laughs> and, and put it on the dinner table, and just every day like walk past it and kind of put some more pieces on it. You yeah. know what I mean? As like a continual thing, like to make my mind like disconnect from like work stuff and just kind of work on solving this little puzzle. What are like some other things that that come to mind? Like, so I read it could be anything. You anything, be but here's in a great one. I was reading an article. I think it was in GQ back in the day. I think Ryan Gosling had just done Drive. Holy shit! The goat. Ryan what Gosling. A, what a metaphor. <laughs> so I'll get to it. So, anyways, he was like, "What people don't realize is people in Hollywood don't work. Actors, they don't work." You go from one project to the next, right? And when you're not acting, you're not doing anything. You don't have to do anything. Right. Right? Because you make a big sum of money every every shoot, and you don't have another job you go to. So you just wait around all day, get complacent, 
obviously it's going to create some type of mental issue. He was like, people in Hollywood would be so much, it would be so helpful for them if they had a pile of rocks in their backyard and every day they moved the pile from one side of the yard to the other side of the yard. And I was like, 100%. 100% because it, as simple as that sounds, you did something physically with your body that's tough. You always feel accomplished after that. Yeah. There's no way that you can do that and not feel accomplished in some way. Right. It's just how our body works. And people love to deny that. Like, no, I don't, I don't need to do that. It's like, no, we're physical. This is just, this is how our body works. Well, it's crazy to me. I mean, I guess it's different because like I grew up just being, you know, being at wanting to do stuff, you know, athletic, whatever, sports, whatever. But like people think you got to be doing all this crazy stuff. But people so are like, don't even go outside and walk. And they're like, you know, I eat healthy. Why am I like, you know, struggling or not in shape? It's not even about being in shape. It's about like mentally feeling like you, like you can't just work all day and feel like that's like your whole day. You can't feel. Yeah, you don't feel good after that. Yeah. I mean, vice versa, even, you know, it's like almost sometimes when you're having fun all the time, when you should feel like you're doing something productive, you know, moving forward. Yeah. It's like the same thing. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, you got to have some type of movement protocol, you know. And how do you how do you develop that? You, you, you got to talk to somebody, talk to a professional. I mean, most trainers can't help you with that because most trainers are just bodybuilders who are willing to get paid to tell you what to do. You know what I mean? Right. But like when you, because I used to coach kids, used to coach a wrestling team. And with that, that, that helped me become a better trainer by far than anything else I've ever done. But coaching kids, if you coach kids, middle school kids and younger, and then also high, I, I coached like from five to 18. Um, if you can get them to work out, you can get a, a 40-year-old or a 50-year-old to, to work out. Let me ask you something, actually, on, on that note, but not even really so much exercise. Was it, like, enriching to, like, work with, like, younger kids in that way? Like, so, like teaching them something that you have an ability for and, and like? I got more satisfaction and more fulfillment from their success than my own. I didn't yeah. even think that was possible. Yeah, it's crazy because, you know, I never, like, had much relation with many kids or, or anything like that. But even just, like, this little kid who, like, lived next door to me came over and was all stoked on just, like, you know, Christmas and showed me something. I was like, damn, that's so cool. I was like, you know, I could imagine they just keep you psyched. Yeah. No, it doesn't. It holds you accountable. Yeah. Because um, you got you to gotta be honest. Like, and you realize, at least I realized, the more honest I'm with, I am with my athletes, the more I get out of them. Now, you get to the point where you're teaching kids and, they, and they're trying to buck you all the time, right? They're trying to po- uh, point out when you're wrong or when you do something against what you said. And in that moment, it hits your ego so hard, you just want to beat the shit out of the kid. Because <laughs> you're like, you don't get it, dude. Nothing like some domestic violence. Yeah, but it's like when you have a, a young kid like, just point out something. Oh, well, you you said this, and you're just like, oh my god, one time, <laughs> and I'm getting caught out by a kid. Yeah, it's it's hard to hold back. So it's like finding that balance between being able to acknowledge certain things, like that. Yeah, I did say that. And you know what? I need to I need to do this. Blah blah blah. But like when you admit it, it really does help the kid. Right. Like 
But when you don't, oh, that kid's... You're going to be butting heads with that so kid what, forever. And when do you get the belt out? <laughs> well, the good thing about being a wrestling coach <laughs> is I got to wrestle with the kids. So if we had an issue, <laughs> we could wrestle. I love that. You can't do that with other sports. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, I mean, Larry Nasser was pretty good at that. What's that? Larry Nasser was pretty good at that. Who's that? The, the girl. The gymnast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he, uh, yeah. He had his way. But yeah, you could do that with kids. And I had plenty of kids that, you know, didn't respect me. Like just straight up, didn't respect me as a coach. Uh, thought I was too young. Was in my 20s. They were in high school. Yeah. It, weird, but they didn't respect me. Their parents didn't respect me. So that fed into them did, not respecting me. And so all I would do is I would wrestle with them. Yeah. Like sometimes I couldn't, I couldn't teach this person. But I could wrestle them. So in the wrestling of them, they learned. To put some respect on your name. You know what I mean? It's like it's like if Michael Jordan Michael Jordan started uh coaching kids and one of the kids is like, he's bullshit. Like my favorite player is Kobe Bryant. Yeah. You know, like what's what's Michael Jordan gonna teach him? And Kobe Bryant's better. All right, cool. I can't physically or I can't verbally teach you. Let me just physically teach you. You and me one on one. You're gonna get so much better. And then when you wrestle all these other kids your age, you're going to be like, damn, I got so much better. Oh, yeah, that was from wrestling with Cody. Yeah. Oh, man. For sure. All right, cool. Now I get it. So that that was one way to like connect with a kid that just didn't, they, they didn't respect you. That's cool, though. Yeah. And so I'll do that with clients, too. Because clients get, they like to check you, too. I don't know if you've had any clients check you. I've had clients that like uh, will be like, Man, you make me do this, but like, you don't do it. And I'm like, I don't do it. Yeah, I don't do it now, but I've done so much more harder things than you'll, uh, that I'll, than I'll ever make you do. You know, as a wrestler, all the crazy workouts I did. And they're like, well, yeah. And then I'm like, okay, all right, tomorrow you and I are working out together. Yeah, I mean, you keep know, up. You, know, you never stuck cauliflower in their ear. I mean, none of that. <laughs> none of that. Right. Yeah, just keep up. And you got to check your clients. But, they respect you afterwards. Yeah. And you you wish that you didn't have to always check people and that people would just be humble enough to be like, oh, man, I appreciate you doing what you do. Like, I know you're trying to push me and help me, but some people take it personal that you, tr- you try to push them. Yeah. It's like, well, what is this relationship to you? You think I'm just here to just like let you do the bare minimum? Yeah. No, I've got to push you. Some days I've got to, I've got to show up and be like, hey, look, we're doing a hundred of these. Find a way to do it. Yeah, come you, we're, it's a safe movement. You're not going to hurt yourself, but we've got a hundred. Figure out a way to do yeah, it. Yeah, it's the mental battle. Yeah, you know. And people, people, people downplay that all the time. I was just, I was training a, a client before you got here, and we were sparring. We we're kickboxing. I taught him a lot how to how to how to spar or how to kickbox, um, and he started gassing at the end. He started gassing out, but I didn't let him quit. We had a two minute round. And he started gassing, and I was like, oh, we got to keep going. Because this is where he's going to get better. Because when you get tired, then you then you got you to gotta tap into something else, mentally and physically. Fatigue makes a coward out of us all. I mean, exactly. it's crazy, though, when you're tired. Yeah. Like, with anything, it's like, I mean, if you're not a lot, you got to focus extra hard. But usually, it's just easy to check out. Yeah, for sure. And I know that my job at that point was not letting him check out. 
Like yeah. I was like, okay, cool. So I've got to keep him in the game. That's that's. So we went like three more minutes past the two minute uh, marker, just so that he'd be like, all right. He would understand like you can't just because the time limits like in a, in a real situation, there's no time limit. Yeah, you know, and in real situations, you exert a lot real quickly. If you ever watch like like uh, fights in the street or something like that. They're going hard for the first 30 seconds, maybe a minute, and then they gas out. Yeah. And then sometimes they're even be like, oh, I'm done. And the other person's like, yeah, I'm done too. I mean, I've been in my fair share of street fights, so I would know, but. Have you? Damn, you laughing? Hey, man, on the streets where I'm from, bro, that shit was tough. I know. Calabasas is a rough place. Hey, man. I mean, it ain't Van Nuys, but there's, there's, there's some. There's yeah. Some. There's a little bit. All right. <laughs> you come, come check. Come check it sometime. Yeah, I'll have to. <laughs> I bet those would be uh, interesting. Yeah, no fights I mean, on the beach. Every fight I ever been, oh, uh, like like surfers. Oh, dude, yeah. I mean, that shit. I imagine years back was so much heavier, but you still see it sometimes, and it's yeah, it's legit. And one of <laughs> like territorial stuff, like these. Yeah, beach. I mean, yeah. I mean, people just being clowns. Like, I mean, it's like anywhere you can't go without respect, right? Like, you know, and like it's like you know people. You can't expect to go somewhere and then it, like and think you're just a fucking man, like, right? You know, in wrestling, you're not pulling up to someone else's gym. Even if you are the man at your gym, mm-hmm. you don't just go somewhere and act like you're the fucking man and no. just like walk to the front of the line and be like, you know, I'm the guy. Yeah. So it's like the similar concept everywhere, but you know, people are just douchebags, so they never, never understand. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting thing, right? People are just like, eh, no, I don't have to respect other people. But, I mean, it's crazy. You got to check them, though. Well, they have to be checked. Have you ever had, had even a friend or someone you know, and, like, you can tell, oh, this dude's never been humbled? 100%. Like, and I just never get along with those people. It's, like, you it's know. Hard. It, it's really difficult because that inflated sense of importance. I mean, we've all had it. I mean, probably, I mean, I, should, I had it badly in, like, high school, whatever. But then, you know, you got to have something that humbles you and be like, damn, I'm really not that cool. Like, I'm not that dope. Yeah. Like, like I'm really, like, not any i mean very few of us really ever achieve greatness sure like you know i, I you can't be on your high horse and even then if you are that great you still shouldn't be but yeah you know. well because we see what that turns into like when you think when you think of this shit and you've like you turn into machine gun kelly you're wearing <laughs> pink dresses at award ceremonies oh you're gonna hate on my boy oh no dude tickets you guys to, have the same color hair that's true tickets to my downfall too that shit was gas <laughs> no i'm not hating on I'm him i'm just saying you think you think he's Eating humble pie every day. I mean, he did resurrect Megan Fox from the dead. You got to give him a little. That bit. is true. That is true. He did that. But then again, she just was out of the spotlight. I feel like if she dated anybody in the spotlight, it'd have been a big thing, don't you think? Probably. I mean, I think yeah. she just yeah. I mean, she just died and came back. Yeah. You know, and blessed us all again. Blessed us all again. <laughs> but yeah, but you right. gotta I check mean, people. Yeah, I do think it's like. MGK, yeah. But sometimes I feel like people, I'm not even saying on an MGK note, but it's always fun to me, like people reinvent themselves. You know, like right. say, say like a music artist you love, right? Yeah. And like, you know, this happens all the time. Like that you love their shit. Yeah. And then they get like a new, they, they have a little bit of a new sound. You know, it's six years later. Yeah. You know, and they like have a few new songs. They're like, oh no, like I don't fuck with this new shit. He's not like, you know, I'm like, you know, are you supposed to, if you're successful at something, are you supposed to be pigeonholed and doing that the rest of your career? Like, you know, I don't think that's fair, you know? It's like, if you're successful yeah. at one thing, but you're super over it, and you, you're just never allowed to change it, 
Right. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, you're supposed to, yeah, you do what you, you feel like you should do. I mean, you're trying to create something artistically, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, people are, people always want, if you did something nice for them or they liked it, they want more of it. Right. But so, that's, yeah, you I mean, can't let that affect you. I mean, that makes sense. So basically where I'm going with this yes. is I've been thinking I would get some face tats. I mean, that's just the logical the logical next step. And, and right? you don't even want to become a rapper. I mean, no. But I mean, you know, it's the new age. We got people with red hair, green hair, face tats, neck tats, lip tats. I mean, yeah. you got to do something to stand out these days, you right? You do. I've been thinking about getting earrings. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, well, at 33. What about like the nose one? Like, you know, the one that, I mean, girls. I just feel like they, that. That makes you look submissive as fuck as it do. Really? I thought, I thought you were looking for that kind, that thing. Yeah. I mean, no. you'd, be, you'd be submitting people. I'd be submitting people. <laughs> but no, when I see a dude with the bull ring, I'm like, oh. Bro. Like that's, I would grab that immediately. All right. What about, you know what I mean? What about gauges? You going to bring it back? Gauges? No, no, man. I've never been down with gauges. Just regular earrings? Regular earrings. All right. So, I mean, I was Loops. I, I was thinking, you know, a couple, I'm trying to be a little peep. I mean. Little peep. So, like, bring a couple face tats right in here. That, I've never understood the face tat thing. You know what I mean? I feel like it's just like dudes trying to get clout, you know, like, like, like it's gotta be like right. Those, you seen those Island boys guys? Yeah. Like, like cause I'm an, I uh, no, but you know, I mean, I feel like people like you, unless you're doing something crazy, you yeah. don't have to be talented, but if you look crazy, act crazy, or like you're going to get traction way easier. Right. But you don't got to be talented. You just got to like, look, be ridiculous. Be ridiculous. Yeah. This is the age of ridiculousness. Exactly. Shout out Rob Deerdick. That's my boy. Shout out Rob. No, I love Rob's stuff. But like literally, it is the age of ridiculousness. I feel like people who who do these face tats and stuff like that and act tough and th- they want to be respected, but they just don't know how. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a lot of people like like when you're uh when you're successful at something, you get respect for it. And like especially if you're like respect uh you're successful at, at like wrestling or or like something physical, like a combat sport. Like you've got you've got respect, you right. know what I mean. And most men want like respect in that way, you know what I mean. Like respect me, like don't come at me, yeah, because I'll fuck you up. But that's the thing is too is like I feel like respect from like if you're really into something, these people want res- some, like respect from the masses. But you might you're never gonna get that. I feel no. like people who like have like you know whatever your pursuit is, like there could be one or two people if they give you a compliment, that shit means the world to you, right? Like, you know, and that means way more. That respect and you know everyone else's, um, but and maybe that's the maybe that's the issue, right? Is when you want everyone's respect or uh, acknowledgement, then you you go down yeah. that route. Well, because we're in the age of of clout, followers, and like what media content, right? Yeah. So it's like these dudes just want as much everything at once, and then like they're like, "Oh, why are these people hating on me?" I'm like, "Cause like." You, you you didn't care how you got there. You just wanted to get there. Right. Yeah. For what? Like that. That's like like Jake Paul fought yesterday, <laughs> and he knocked out Tyron Woodley. Shout out T Wood. T Wood. And uh, but to me, it doesn't it doesn't even make sense because it's like you you're seeking this approval and respect of people in the boxing community, in the MMA community, and yet you're not doing it. You're not going about that the traditional route. You're boxing people who aren't boxers. Yeah. So, and you're boxing people smaller than you. 
So what kind of respect do you want? But what do you think his end game is, though? Is he trying, like, like I, think, I can't I tell think, us to make as much money, so you get respect, a little bit of both? I think it's that. I think, I think he just has a big ego. Yeah. And, and like, I, don't, I, th- I honestly, because, like, this is, this is what's interesting about those guys, and I feel like they're, you know, they're nice guys. I feel like if you're friends with them, they'd be cool. Maybe. I don't know. But, potentially. Potentially. But here's the thing. Every time someone comes out and, like, says something, calls them out for something, they get upset. You know what I mean? Like when you come out, when someone comes out and set and talks shit about Jake Paul for boxing uh, an MMA fighter and boxing a basketball player, he gets upset about it. If you can't see that this is not the, the traditional way of earning respect as a boxer, well then I don't I don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, but it seems like that's what happens. So you have people people doubt me. They doubt me. It's just like, but what you're doing. You should you shouldn't get respect for. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you're not like you should be challenging boxers who've spent their whole life boxing and are at the top of their game. Now he right. he has just thought about calling out Canelo and other boxers, but but you haven't, right? You haven't fought them. So it's like if you really want to respect, you would you would do the the whole boxing thing. You would start boxing boxers. Yeah, I mean maybe they're just I don't know. So I think I think at the end of the day I think it's like it's like John Jones is similar to like the Jake Paul mentality. You know John Jones, the fighter? Of course. Okay. So John Bony. Jones John Bones Jones. So every time he does something, gets tested positive for a drug, a PED or or gets tested positive for cocaine or is in a domestic violence situation, right? Every time, and somebody in the media goes at him, he's like, "How he did it again?" You know, John's never going to learn. He gets mad at them. And his coach recently just yeah. came out and was like, uh, "Winkle John," I saw that. I think, and he was like, "Yeah," he's like, "I don't want to train him or whatever." And and then John goes out and like says something to the press about his coach, like he hasn't learned a new combo from him in years. And he's like, he's not loyal, you know. If he just wants to see me, something like, you know, if he wants to see me, at, you know, have a downfall or something like that, he's not a real coach to me. And I understand all that, but it's just like at the end of the day, you keep doing these things. When somebody says something negative about you, are aren't why aren't you able to be like, he's got a point? You know what I mean? It's just like that inflated inflated ego and self, sense of self-importance, you know? It's got to be. But I understand I understand how some people can get there because they're scared, right? They want to, I got to protect me. Somebody comes against me, I got to protect me because nobody's, you know, out there to, you know, help me at all. But then you fuck up and then people are like, yeah, dude, you fucked up. And you're like, yeah, they're not on my side. And it's just <laughs> like... Yeah, but you've created that. Yeah. How about you how about you focus on fixing that and and you know, accept a little bit of humility here. Well, I mean, accepting a fault for things is pretty difficult. It's difficult, yeah, but it's where you grow. No, for sure. But a lot of these dudes don't want to. Right, of course. But we can all acknowledge the fact that when you do accept responsibility 
and eat some humble pie, you do grow as For a person. Sure. And I think people, you know, over time learn that that's the only way to go about things. But then there's those certain people who always make those mistakes and then always just like, you know, it's literally the feedback loop that always just keeps on giving. And it's the same shit every time. John Jones, perfect example. Yeah. You know, it's never going to change because he's never going to learn. Yeah. I'm not saying, he, you know, he might get in trouble forever, might not. But in just in terms of the way he reacts to it, yeah. he's never going to really accept fault. He's just going to get mad and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, like, I've always watched John and I'm just like, damn, man, like, why? And everybody loves to watch John Jones fight. He's the GOAT. Of course. He's the, he's the freaking GOAT. But, like, when this keeps happening, you're just like, oh, man, you can't, you just can't get this figured out. Like, why, why doesn't, like, you've got all the money in the world, you've got enough money, right? Shouldn't you have access to, th- to therapy? Shouldn't, you know, like, what, what's in the way of you taking control of this? I mean, you know? You just can't, you, know, but, you can't help someone who doesn't want to be helped. Right, right, true, of course. And then you always think, like, okay, well, if he does clean up, will, will he be as good? Man, I hope he fights next year against uh, Nganu or whatever. Nganu, yeah. <laughs> I would love to see that. And I, I don't want to see him lose. I want to see him win. Oh, yeah. I want and I th- I would put all my money on him, straight up. He's a bit looking. Nobody's big. beat him. Yeah, nobody's um, beat him. Yeah, it just gets harder and harder to root for him. But he is. You know, I, I like John. Right. It's harder to root for him because of the things that he he does, and you're like, damn, dude, like, stop doing that stuff. But as a pure athletic competitor, oh my god, dude, that will. He's in. He's insane. Like the the amount of UFC legends that he fought from the moment he won the belt, he hasn't fought an easy fight. I mean, some dudes are just, just legends. different. Just legends. Yeah, and uh, his ability to compete is uh, is on another level. Yeah, and competing. So that so that's a, that's an interesting thing. Is like with athletics, is like competing. Like some like some people who are really good at let's say, let's take fighting, are really good fighters, right? But they're not good competitors. Yeah. Competing is like once you get somebody going against you, finding a way to maneuver around their strengths and capitalizing on their weaknesses, that's a whole different thing. Oh, definitely. And I think, I mean, that's when like every sport, you know, or anything at all, there's some people who are just like brilliant at at whatever it is across the board, but do they... Do they walk? How how do they use that skill when when they're going up against someone else? Yeah, I mean it's a whole different story. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Henry Cejudo was talking about that. He was like, "Yeah, there's great fighters, but then not every great fighter is a great competitor." And it's true because, like, I would uh, I'd wrestle with people at practice, and I could beat them at practice, and then the moment we wrestled a match at a tournament, yeah. they'd beat me, and I'm just like, "Damn, this, what, what's going on?" What's different here? But yeah, the more you you do that, you realize there is a difference. Oh, for sure. And then like I think some people, it's like you got to know people's tendencies. Like for example, for me, like if I get angry, like what whatever it is, like and I'm get like pissed off and like frustrated and upset and angry, everything is going to go in the absolute shitter for me. Yeah. Other people that happens, they that, they turn into Superman. Like right. But for me, that's my kryptonite. And you know. It's tough to do, but when you assess yourself going down that way, for someone like me, you got to rein that in. Yeah, uh, you know, other people like it, they they know how to focus and lock in and use that to to help. But I th- so I think that's like a big part of it too is just knowing knowing how to compete. 
you know some people just think it's like oh you just go out there and you try your hardest but you really there's like a lot more than that so much more yeah i mean uh i mean it comes down to like how you warm up yeah like you know some athletes like my brother was like he was a better competitor than me but i think i was the better wrestler but he was a better competitor like he would beat people that were better wrestlers than him but he he could just outcompete them how do you feel about the like the people who are the best at things, right? Obviously, there are people who have natural ability. Then there's people who work hard. How do you feel on the spectrum of like, can you be the best at something? Can you be a world champion in, in anything or, or, or the top 1% of the 1% without natural ability? Because I don't, I don't think no. it's possible. No. There's a book called The Sports Gene. You'd really like it. It kind of uh, it goes against the whole 10,000 hour rule. Yeah. You know, and um, it's just like, and John Jones is actually, they mentioned John Jones in it because, you know, John Jones won the, the UFC championship at 21, ever, right? yeah. 22, something, something like, like that. that the youngest ever. And um, he had only been training for two years, I think, three years maybe. Yeah. I mean, insane. And he won it against Shogun, Mauricio Shogun Hua, was, which was the pride champion. So there's a big Japanese organization called Pride that was yep. bigger than the UFC, and the UFC bought him. Yep. Um, but he was the he was the champion over there. So it's like he was the sumo wrestler. Not quite. I mean, he he he, he was an aspiring devotee. Shogun. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Anyways, uh, you talking about Leona Machida? No, I'm talking about Shogun. He looked, he kind of looked like it. He, he might have looked like yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, um, but yeah, he brings up John Jones, and. Uh, John Jones is just naturally talented at it. Oh, sure. and then they bring up this uh, this one scenario, which is really interesting. There's this guy who was I, I can't remember where he. It was another country, but he was a uh, a high jumper. I think he was a high jumper. You know, when you run yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you jump over the thing. So he had started off not so good, gotten better, and then he became ranked like top in the world. Um, but he was like maybe in his late 20s early 30s and um then there was this other guy who was a college basketball player who was talking shit to somebody at lunch who was on the track team and the guy on the track team was the high jumper for the team he was like i can out jump you and that guy was like no you can't he's like yeah but you don't you don't high jump you never high jump i can out jump you he was like sure i mean but let's go do it so he goes to the track field, and the track coach is watching, and he out jumps the high jumper on the track team. So then the coach is like, okay, I want you to come out for the track team. Guy quits basketball, comes out for the track team. And I want to say within three years, he was competing on the world stage at high jumping. And That's he competed crazy. against this other guy from the other country. And they, I, I'm not sure who won, but it was neck and neck. Maybe the younger guy won. Uh, I think he might have won. But then they did a test on the Achilles tendon density of each athlete. Yeah. And the the guy from the other country who had trained his whole life for high jumping, was his Achilles tendon strength was significantly different between his, his planning foot, the foot that he planted off to jump. It was like that of like, you know, rebarb or whatever it was like really strong right. dense achilles tendon his other one not nearly as as strong 
because he didn't pound that one every day. They did a test on the other guy. Both of his Achilles tendons were the same, the same density, the same strength. So natural talent plays a huge factor, and it doesn't it doesn't get enough credit. And it, then go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was just going to ask on, on top of that. So, and and how much are we attributing this the the natural ability? I feel like so much of that is you know just your your gene pool, yeah, o- over time. Yeah, for sure. Like that Nepalese climber, right? Right. This dude's, you know, family's been in that generations in that altitude. You know, his lungs off the bat are different. Right. So that's a great point. And they brought that up. And this is why you'd like the book. They talked about uh, the best sprinters in the world. It's right. the Jamaican team. Yeah. Right. Usain Bolt and all those guys. And they were like, well, what, what makes these guys so good? Right. And what they found was they're, they're obviously not originally from Jamaica. They came, they came over from Africa as slaves. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. So, so anyways, but here's the, here's the thing. The area of West Africa where they were brought from, high cases of malaria, right? Really? Yeah, high cases of malaria because of mosquitoes. So due to evolution, these Africans had developed in a way that I think they're red blood count was higher to fight off malaria, which makes them more susceptible to sickle cell anemia. Something like that. Okay. Okay. Which in turn makes them type type one muscle fiber athletes, fast twitch, super fast twitch. Type two. Type two. Okay. Type two uh, super fast twitch yep. muscle, muscle at, uh, fiber athletes which makes them better at sprinting. Facts. So it was literally because of their environment of high malaria that they developed higher red blood cells. It's not like that. So then they looked at uh, the the African slaves who were brought to America that were high performers and they were brought from the same area. It was just, it was more densely populated in Jamaica, I think from, from that area of West Africa. So, they, they looked at it, and they were like, oh, okay, well, these guys genetically are built for this yeah, because of their environment back in Africa. Well, that almost takes, you know, that whole logic makes total sense, right? And I think that brings us back even to the same exact thing we were talking about earlier about us having too much comfort and not enough problems. I mean, that's happening over thousands of years, right? right. But even through our own lifetime, day by day, year by year, we are slowly like deconditioning all of those things that would be, you know, otherwise getting optimally conditioned. Right. We're deconditioning our sense of reasoning, our sense to work under pressure. Uh, so why do everyone have anxiety and all these issues? Because we have so many things we have to deal about and worry about and problems that, you know, that aren't even really rooted in reality. Right. Which, which is, you know, yeah. Part I've got to get through a hundred emails by noon. Exactly. And you're, because you're, it's not the hundred emails. It's the thinking about the hundred emails. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's, there is a, uh, you know, a rope that's cut, you know, through all this stuff that ties it together in a way, I feel. For sure. Yeah, I mean, that's not a natural occurring thing in nature. Right. Is emails. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and even the city itself. Yeah. An infrastructure where there's no, no trees. Yes. Like this, this environment where there's no trees, you're, you, you, 
That's why, like, L.A.'s great to me. I love it because you've got easy access to nature. To me. You can go to Topanga, you can go to Malibu, you can go hiking yeah. and stuff like that. But in the city, like, you think about New York, you got Central Park. But, like, you, there's just a different feeling when you're around buildings, cement buildings. Oh, for sure. Uh, compared to when you're around trees and mm. lakes and when rivers. I lived in New York, I started just calling it the labyrinth. Really? You know, the maze of uh, buildings you can never escape. And then, you know, it's interesting, like, yeah. I mean, L.A., it's, it's nice. You can drive to these places, then you have the thing. But for me, it's almost, like, not enough, you know? Yeah, I agree. I gotta, you know, figure it out. Yeah. I mean, that's why, like, you know, Matt and I and Eagle, we did that long hike through Malibu. Yeah. Dude, you just walk through Malibu, like, through the woods, you're just in the woods for a whole day. Well, you went like what, like thirty miles or some shit, huh? Yeah. Well, it was a total of seventy some. Yeah, that's yeah, that's some next level shit. It's crazy, but it was all day in the woods. Yeah, and that's how kind of like every one of us had been raised. And and what what's not happening when you're spending all day in the woods, right? Yeah, you're not connected to your phone. Yeah, you're not answering emails. You're not you're not doing anything other than just being plugged in and where you are, and and why you're there. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very interesting to to, uh, to do stuff like that with people who weren't raised in nature. Yeah, because they don't. They really it's it's very foreign, you know. And it should be it should be like second nature, you know, just to react to sitting in on a tree or sitting on the ground and. Yeah, and like you know, how dope did it was it to just like stare at the sky? It used to be, you know so what good. I mean? And like it's almost like now I've noticed it for myself, right? Like certain things are so stimulating to me. And then I find that I've, you know, whether it's surfing or, or whatever, or like, you know, having a good conversation with some, there are certain things that are very stimulating. Yeah. So then like, I find like, you know, certain people you hang out with or like going out or whatever, it's like very, you know, or, or work or certain things is like, like not very stimulating. And I found for myself, right, I, I, it t- I have this high threshold to feel stimulated. That's because I'm not doing any of this, any of the other stuff that that's you know not super i'm only doing the stuff that really stimulates me so that just leads to this like franticness you know in my head i find you know unless i'm doing certain things that really get me going in that way you know i used to love just going for for hikes and and adventures and stuff like that but then over time that was almost like not even cutting it you know it's almost like i mean you know in a way like a, a drug addict having to do more and more drugs you know you're gonna have to do up the dosage each time to get yeah. the same the same high, you know, in a way. Right. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And so what do you do about that now? See, and, to, uh, you know, uh, that's the one I'm actively working on now. And it's just, it, it's recognizing that. Yeah. And doing doing all the things to counteract that, right? You know, I've realized people, you know, you, know, you got to do the things you don't want to do. Yeah. Right? So, like, the second, you know, I need to pick up the book and read it, you know? Go for the walk, no phone, just no anything, no podcast, no music. You're just focusing on your breathing. Yeah. Take the yoga class, you know, work out with no phone, no podcast, no anything. Right. You know, shouts out Cody Low podcast, but you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. But you know, it's just like doing all those things. And, and then once you do it you, and you plug in like on that walk, right, maybe the first 45 minutes for the first 15 minutes, five minutes, you're not like totally plugged in with what's around you. Yeah. But you start moving and you start covering some distance 
and slowly you start plugging in. It's, it's you know it's a flow state. It yeah. Don't 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 and you know if you don't get yourself the chance to ever get into it, it it's just you're not going to feel it. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. That flow is important. I, I've realized that um, the flow is everything. The flow state is everything, dude. If people when people feel depressed, they're not in flow. And it's and that's a hard thing to do. Is like, all right. Well, what do I do with my life? Okay. Well, I work a job I don't like. All right. You're never going to be in flow. Well, there's a great book, um, all about flow states. It's called Chasing Superman. I think. It's okay. By this guy. Yeah, and it was literally just talking about you know how the best athletes how they get in that flow state, and like the neurochemicals and everything and stuff behind that. But I think it's like super achievable and, and like on it on to just do that, you know, overall and just get in that place. You don't have where you're just. You're just being. You're yeah. not thinking. You're doing like have you ever done like like when when was the last like you ever do anything and you're like, I wasn't thinking about that, I just did it. Like and it was like a very critical emotion, you know, whether it was wrestling or you know, thinking on the fly. Someone's about to hit you with their car and you don't even think. You just like anticipate sure. whatever it is. Yeah. And, and you know, it's it's crazy. You're like, how did I do that? Mm-hmm. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it is wild when you when you do things like that. Um, but like flow, like that's why like when I stopped wrestling in college, like I kept doing stuff that made me feel like I was in flow. Yeah. Like I love to kickbox. So I would shadow box for like right. an hour, you know, because it's just a constant movement and you're kind of, you're in flow. Like I used to do that with wrestling. I would shadow wrestle and just kind of like get my cardio through that. And you would just get into a state of flow where no matter what, you're moving and you're creating scenarios in your yeah. head, and I can control that. Now, let me ask you this. Yeah. You ever go out to a, for a wrestling match, right? Before the match even happened, did you already know you lost? You ever had that no. happen? No. I never thought that way. Really? So it's interesting you know, on the concept of flow state, right? You know, sometimes surfing, for example, is, you know, for me, you know, you go out and you're just like, you're, you're out there, you're in rhythm from the second you go out there. Other times, like the other day, I was out there. The waves were, were bombing. It was pretty serious conditions. Uh, you know, I almost failed myself before I even walked out there, just assessing the conditions, just chilling. You know, I could already feel my heart rate being elevated. Could already feel like that cortisol pumping in a way. And you know, and then from from that moment, I, I you know a terrible session. And from that moment, it was like you know, I almost failed myself before I even paddling out because I just never gotten to any sort of rhythm. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's crazy. Right. Yeah. So like in that situation. That's why your warm-up and your pre-competition routine matters. Right. Almost more than anything. Because you've got to get yourself in that mental state to where you're like, okay, now it's just go. Yeah. And so uh, that's that's one of the things like in college I realized like like the the best wrestlers would do. They knew how to get themselves in the right mental state before competition. And they didn't just allow competition to happen. Yeah. You know, they would wrestle for an hour before. Right. You know, they do they do a like some people literally had to wrestle a whole match before they wrestled the real match. So before the the uh the competition, they'd be in the the back room wrestling a whole six minute match yeah, with crazy. with with a teammate an hour before their real match. Just because they're not gonna move. Yeah. Their mind's not going to be working if the, if they're not in competition mode. Yeah. And but but that's how they did it. Some people light jog, get the heart rate up, little right. break a little sweat, 
they're good to go. But it's personal. Yeah. And the hard thing for like creating that, getting into that flow, the older we get, is when we're working jobs that we don't like, right? It's like, okay, well, how do, how do I get into flow doing this? Yeah. That's a very hard thing to do. Well, I mean, shit, I can tell you, because I can't say I've ever done that again. It's something I didn't like to do. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like pulling teeth. I mean, like, shit, dude. Like, working and not doing something like you really don't like. It's like, if I like writing a paper. Yeah. You know, how are you going to get in a flow state writing a 10-page paper on the ancient Aztecs? Unless I went to Mesopotamia myself. Yeah, right. Like, you know, and was sitting there writing this paper. Yeah. And I was there. You know, there, there's just no way. Right. When the metaverse, <laughs> you can go there. Really? Maybe. Dude. Yeah. Google Earth, I mean, you know, kind of you put know, you there. I think, should I just like um, freeze myself and then just like wait for the metaverse and then can just like live there forever? Yeah. I mean, I, I think people are freezing their DNA so that eventually in the future they can be cloned. And how would you be interested in that? I'd, I'd make somebody else do it before me. Right. I mean, but you don't even know, like the the problem is like you don't know if that's that's really you. Like, would you even remember that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they would grow <laughs> you, right? They would grow you. Would they grow you into like an infant? All right. The Earth definitely doesn't need another me. I know they don't need another you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's probably true. Um, probably true. Not another me. Yeah. I mean, One one's good enough. No children. No children. Okay. No, not not for me. I'm glad we're on the same page here. I used to be real hard on that, but like now that I'm getting older, I'm like, because uh, I've got a buddy, you know Brett. Remember? No, you weren't. You so. weren't at Equinox. My buddy Brett's got a kid, and it's just awesome. Yeah, like well, they're it, like best buds. I always think that, it, and then I was like, it's cool. I wish I could just fast forward to when they're like, you know, tossing a ball age, exactly, and I'm not just like. You know, like playing with them would yeah. just be like the coolest shit ever. Right. He's got your little homie to take with you everywhere. Yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much what he is. Yeah. Yeah. His little, his little homie. <laughs> it's awesome because he like, because yeah. I was telling like, because my dad passed two years, maybe three years now. Jeez. Yeah. Three years ago. And um, he, he went through a, a, like years of depression. Yeah. We were like in middle school and high school. And it really affected him post like I think they've done studies where, like, when you go through deep depression, like, your brain activity changes. Like, it's negatively affected for the rest of your life when you go through those deep... Because think about it. Like, if you go through something physically traumatic, you tear something. Yeah. Right? Tear an ACL, tear a rotator cuff. Why would the brain be anything different? I mean, it is physical, right? For sure. Um, So, uh, but one thing I I told Brett, because Brett was talking to me, he was like, yeah, he's like, I was going to get into the ice bath the other day. And I was like second guessing it. And he's like, his kid was like, hey, dad, you going to get in the ice bath? He's like, yeah, I think so. He's like, all right, let's do it. And so he's like, pep, like pep talking his dad. Yeah. He's like, all right, you got this, dad. You got this. Jump in there. <laughs> and he was like, dude, it was freaking awesome. Yeah. He's like, just to have my kid like, like to see how much he like believes in me. I was like, that's, that's what you like. As as someone who doesn't have a kid, you think, all right, I gotta do so much for my kid. I gotta provide for them. I gotta, you know, yeah. finances and all. It's like at the end of the day, all you gotta do is support the kid. Yeah, that's literally it. Do it. Do whatever you can financially to make ends meet, but love the kid. Support him. Don't make him 
you know, don't put anything negative on him just because he's your kid. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. or if you're if you're not where you're at, where you want to be financially, career wise, you can't put that. You can't th- let that affect the relationship with the kid. When you do that, you the relationship goes to shit for sure. And I told him I was like, my dad kind of stopped. Uh, yeah, I said if my dad would have kept thinking of himself the way that we thought of him, it was awesome. He's our yeah. dad. He's, he can do anything. Blah, blah blah. He would have never gotten into that hole. So it's like the 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 difficult thing to do is to always remember that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because like to me, like my dad didn't need to make bukus of money for me to to respect him for who he was. You know, because he he was my dad. Yeah, you know. Well, yeah. I mean, in a way, it probably like you're supporting them, but at least from the example you gave, like they're probably supporting you in a way. Cause like you want to be, you know, on your P's and Q's, you want to be doing it as good as you can for them. Yeah. Like in a way I would, I would imagine not for sure. No, but yeah. Um, and all that really is, is just keep doing you. Yeah. Just do you. Well, dude, you know, it's an epidemic and I'm not talking about the COVID. No, I'm talking about people just not being like real being themselves. It's crazy. Like, like I, I, you know, at, at like people who, Older than 20, all like years old. I'm like, I don't know how you're just, I used to be a piece of shit. I was just an acting, I was never myself for years. And I'm right. just like, you know, it's crazy to me like how people just like literally just want to be anyone but themselves. Right. And they're just always, you know, bullshitting or, or just like, they're never real. Like, it's, it's crazy. You talk to someone. Then the first few sentences they say, you can be like, okay, this is like a real human or this is a drone. Right. You're the first person who's like actually said that to me in your age bracket, dude. It's I mean, and when we started talking at the gym and you said that, I was like, damn, he gets it, dude. It's heavy though, like legit, yeah. like you know, people are literally just like drones. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, it, it, it's really wild when you're because you're like what twenty twelve. Okay, yeah, I mean, <laughs> carry the two twelve. I, mean, I like that. I like that. Yeah, I like twelve. That. I like I w- 12. Dude, I want to stay twelve forever. I've been to twelve. <laughs> I've been there, dude. It was great. <laughs> so you're 26. So you're near uh, my girlfriend's age. Dude, people in in their 20s right now are like the most non-self-reflective, non-contemplative uh, of like a- any group, it seems. Yeah. But... For a lot of them, it does get worse, because I because I meet people who are in their forties and they and they still haven't started like self reflecting. That's crazy, but yeah. in a way, it almost goes back to the. I don't I don't think any real life events or real like humbleness, like a humbling moment or like a real like whether it's tragic, positive, anything that's like you know life changing, as corny as it sounds to change that perspective uh, to have them like know themselves in a, a little better. Right. I don't know. No, it, it's that. And it's also not being around other people who are that way. Right. Like, like you can't hang out with Matt yeah. and not get more real. Right. You know what I mean? Well, it's contagious. It is. It is an epidemic. So it, you're right. So when there's more of those people and they hang out with all those people, how do you know that what you're doing is, Right. Is what you're doing. You you think it's normal. Yeah. You think being fake or or being this way is not fake. No, for sure. 
I mean, it's like people, you know, telling you they want to hang out and then they just wait till like they see if they have a better option to hang out. That's you know, an like, LA thing for sure. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, dude, I didn't need to hang out with you that badly. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then they feel like they're letting you down or like, you know, like, yeah, well, you know, I just gotta, it's okay, man. We'll hang out next week. I'm just like, nah, no, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you reschedule, that's fine. Yeah. I'm not going to beg you. I mean, being straight up is, uh, you know, is a hot commodity. Yeah. Shit's like crypto. Yeah. Just like crypto. <laughs> Illusory. Yeah. Okay. Let's come up with that shit coin. Shit coin. <laughs> <laughs> Just a pile of shit with eyes. For real. Yeah. But I, I mean, bet the dating life is like at your age with girls out here is like girls don't really know what they're doing either. Yeah. I mean, it's weird because I mean, like, I don't really like be using the apps like that much. And it's like, with that, like, even just like the example I just gave, just like flakiness and like, just like, dude, it's crazy because sometimes I just like, you know, it's not really like, you, you know, it's not really you, but in a way it's like, how the fuck is it not me? Because like, keep this shit keeps happening. Just like, you know, what do you mean? What's not you? Like, just like, you know, people bailing, people canceling, people oh, just like God, trying yeah. to like hang out with someone is like a mission. I'm like, right. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I'm fucking like going. I'm to, on a quest. Like, I'm literally climbing Kilimanjaro to hang out with someone. I'm like, holy shit! And yeah. half the time, like these people are trying to initiate hanging out with you. Sometimes, yeah. I'm like, you're trying to make it easier for them to do what they said yeah. that they would do. And it goes back to the being real, right? Yeah. I'm like, so someone like you know maybe maybe you know I'm like trying to hang out with someone sometime it doesn't work out whatever. Yeah. They hit me up. Let's hang out. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like pretending I'm busy when I'm not busy. Like you know, half right. the people. I'm like, okay, let's hang out. You know, f- Thursday at four, whatever, right? Whatever time it is, and they're like, okay, cool. And then you know, the day before, or you know, you're just like, are we still hanging tomorrow at four? And then they're yeah. like, uh, and then like they text you back the next day at three. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> always. Like, yeah, and I'm That's like, so LA, dude. It's just because people. It, it, it you know, I told it's an epidemic. There's just no, there's no pride left anywhere. It's, you know. Yeah. I, I, I sometimes call people out when they do that. Yeah. And be like, oh, okay. Well, I'm near you. So how about I come over? Yeah. And they're like, oh, nah, I, my car broke. Dude. I'm like, okay, got it. How got much, it. how refreshing would it be if someone was just like, hey, I really don't want to hang out? Or, oh, be or, so or like, I, 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 I'm just like not cool with hanging out right yeah. now. It's like, you know, it might like be like, fuck, like that's kind of, I mean, but then I'm like, well, at least. Cause that's what I mean. Like then it's like, oh, like is this, like what, what's wrong with me or like what is the problem? But really, you know, it, uh, it there isn't anything. But it's like it makes yeah. you think that sometimes for sure. But if people were just like, hey, like you know, I can't really like, like hang out right now. And then this other thing is like the second someone doesn't like it's hard to hang out with and can never get like a time to hang out with them. I'm like, it's almost like you know you're so busy you don't have time. It's like that's okay because like <laughs> I really don't like it's you okay. know someone who doesn't have time. Yeah, is is just like. They're, they it's not that they don't have time it's just that they are, their priorities are so much more in other places it's like yeah. they're not going to be worth hanging out with right yeah it's fine yeah i get it let me know right well it's interesting did you ever used to think like all the people who were always going out partying had hundreds of friends and all this stuff are like the cool people but now it's almost like i'm like wow those are like the well, almost the shysty ones so i understood that when i was younger yeah really yeah and i was never i never partied i never went out because I realized when I was younger that that was them trying to fill a void. Right. And the older I got, my friends... You know how you have friends in middle school, and then I you get to high school... You didn't have friends when you were 12? And uh, and so and then when you get to high school, st- people start partying. Yeah. Right? And so you lose friends. Right. right? 
but friends you played t-ball with you know you played you know little little sport games with <laughs> sport games and uh so that would happen and then like when i went to college you know the party went a little crazier yeah. but then we would talk and they'd be like yeah man i need to stop partying man yeah. i just need to hang out with you more yeah because you don't party if i hang out with you then i'm not gonna want to party <laughs> so let's just hang out more and i'm just like Okay, yeah, great. I've been trying to get you to hang out with me. Like, <laughs> let's go to the gym. Let's go work out. Let's you know play video games or something like that. Um, but then they kind of go right back to their their yeah. thing because they don't realize that it's something emotional. You know, when right. you when you have to go out and party and and get you know plastered for sure. Right. Nice choice. There, there's something. Yeah. Nice choice. There's something uh, emotional. Some type of psychological thing. That you haven't really dealt with. For sure. You know? Yeah, I mean, well, that's actually interesting because I feel like I kind of stopped partying, like, personally, like, lately. And it's just like, yeah, it's just fake, right? And yeah. it's easy. That's like a, let me, let me explain it because that's not even, like, the right the the right word to use. I feel like what I've come started to come to grips with is that, and almost a lot of what I've been struggling with personally is connection, right? So you're going out. There's no real connection here. You know, you're you're getting fucked up and then, you know, whatever the friends you're talking with they or the girls whatever there's nothing wrong with going out here and there i'm not talking right, yeah, shit on that yeah. but it's more so like you're just going out to get fucked up and like all the the times you're talking i'm like realize like like even when i was partying i would think this shit, i'm like like what are we even doing here half the time you're just spending like your your evening huddled over a table or screaming in someone's ear <laughs> not hearing them and i'm like you know this is there there is no connection you're just like you know whatever it's with girls or or even like you know people you meet, and it's just like you know there is no if you might feel that way, but it's really just you know, a, a you know a toxic wasteland. There, yeah, there is no connection, and then I think that's kind of like the realization I've come to, and I feel like a lot of people that like kind of stop doing so much. It's like you know you can't still you can still go out and have a good time and party, yeah. maybe just not in the way you used to. Right. Yeah. Exactly. What's fascinating is when I would go to a party to like. Like with my friend, I'm not drinking. Yeah. I just want to check it out. They invited me or whatever. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'll go. I'll go for an hour and then I'll leave. Right. Every time I would go, you'd be talking to somebody and then they would leave. Yeah. And you're like, I thought we were, <laughs> I've never walked out on someone that I've talked to in my life. Yeah. Why is this the go-to? Yeah. It's it's so strange because like they'll go to another room, they will start talking to somebody else, and then they'll go to another place and they'll go outside. It's like seventeen well, different locations you didn't even know this house it's had. It's almost weird because I've always felt. I mean, it's different if it's like a party that like you know your friends hosted and it's like you know chilling. It's twenty people and it's mainly all people you know, right? Right. But like Big a real difference. party, I've, I don't think I've ever felt like truly comfortable at like right. a party, like party, a party, party. I'm like, you know, why is that? Because it's just, I, th- I think there's just so many people. It's just like chaos. Yeah. And it's like nobody's really like, like it's like almost like I don't know why am I even here to like talk to some girls and hang out or drink or party and get fucked. Like, yeah. It's like it's almost devoid of purpose. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're not really communicating. You're not relating in any way. That's yeah. That's substantial. Like this is actually connecting. Yeah. That's why I love podcasting. Because, like, you have to sit down and talk. I've always shameless loved... Plug. Shameless plug. for my own <laughs> podcast. Gotta listen to my own podcast. But, like, that's why I loved... Like, when I was coaching wrestling, the head coach of the high school 
It was at a private Christian school. I loved philosophy. I grew up. I grew up in the church as a Christian, like yeah. fundamentalist, like all out there in the the craziest are churches. To, are you about to like tell me about the Catholic? That one no, Catholic no, I'm not priest. Catholic. I wasn't molested. Thank God. Okay. But anyways, okay. But in the in the fundamental church, you don't have like the rich philosophy and theology that that comes with Christianity. And so when I started coaching, the head coach had his doctorate in theology and philosophy. So we would coach for two hours, and then we would sit after after uh, practice for like an hour, two hours sometimes, and just talk about philosophy. Talk about movies and like stories and like, okay, so that character did this, but like, he did this because of that. And like, that's all because of his interpersonal, his, his personal philosophy, that his relationship with God and what he thinks about God. All this stuff was, oh man, I love this stuff. I love talking about this stuff. But it, we were connecting. Yeah. Because we had a common interest of wrestling and then we were able to talk about other things. But right. when you're at a party, and you're talking to somebody, and the, and the music's loud. You can't connect. Yeah, you're having a five minute conversation. They're done with you. They're moving on. It's almost like they're testing you. Yeah, like is this person even worth me? Is he gonna do anything it, for me? It, ah, move on. Yeah, that is almost how like it, maybe relating to that awkwardness sometimes at like these parties, social gatherings, or like bars. It's almost like uh, yeah, like 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 everyone's just evaluating. It's transactional. Everyone, yeah, everyone's like testing you. Like, are you are you cool? Are you cool enough to like want to hook up with? Are you cool enough to, like to hang to talk with you? Like, yeah. for five minutes. Oh, okay, maybe maybe we can talk for fifteen minutes. Yeah, they were like, you know, whatever it is. I'm just yeah. Like, and then you're like, oh, I don't want my friends to see me talking to him because maybe they don't think he's cool enough. All right, I'm bouncing. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, dude, it's like the so the the social rolodex is just like wild. Yeah, you're just thinking about relationships transactionally yeah like people and uh and maybe you'll recognize this or recognize with it i my whole life never realized that 99.9 percent of people when you meet them are analyzing you to see if they're smarter than you <laughs> you're lying dude what dude oh talking? my god dude what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> dude are you okay <laughs> Dude, most people are waiting for you to say something dumb or or contrary to what they think to then all be like, all right, he's an idiot. <laughs> what do you mean? Dude, people play an intellectual battle all the time. Not you and I. Yeah. But most people. Like, how so, though? When you say something and you're not like you're at that party. Okay. And you're like, dude, you know what I did today? And they're like, yeah, what'd you do? And they're drinking a beer or, or wine or whatever. And you say, I just fucking chilled and surfed. And they're like, okay. All right, <laughs> so I'm going to go outside. You know, that ha- that doesn't stimulate them. Right. right. And to them, you're kind of a, a dumb guy. Yeah. Like, that's what you want to talk about? We're at a party here. Do you not understand that we're trying to network? Like, right. are you even cool enough to be here? Like, you surf today? What are you bringing to this? Why is he here? Who invited Jared? <laughs> who, invi- who invited this guy? Oh my god, it's like a flashback to high school. And so, and so, and so, a lot of people, when they meet you, they're analyzing you immediately, transactionally. Like, what can they get from you? Can can this person add anything okay. to me? Is he is he of a status, or does he have the intelligence right. to I add see, anything to I my see life? What you're saying Instead now. of connecting with you as just a human. Okay. Like, oh, this is another human. Just like me. 
See, that's what was the what was the stat you gave on that? Ninety nine point nine 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 percent. See, that's crazy because I and now that you explained it, I get that a little bit. Better. People, yeah, they're trying to see what you can do for them. Yeah, for sure. And that's crazy that people think that way. Yeah. When I moved out here, I was a film major, and so I was acting. Everyone told me go network, and I'm like, what is that? <laughs> what? How do you network? Well, you go to parties and you talk to people. And I'm like, okay. I would go to parties. I would talk to people, and immediately they give me the. Yeah. Dude. What do you do? What do you do? What have you been? At? Oh, okay. Yeah. Like asking like, people oh. for stuff is like the weirdest thing to me. Like, and, you know, and, and I wasn't even asking for yeah. anything. I was just like trying to connect with someone on a personal level and talk about things I like talking about, like philosophy or MMA or yeah. something like that. And it was like, oh no, 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 no. I, we're here to network as well, and you're not. You're not helping us, so we're moving on. Yeah, but that's crazy because people like yeah, like you're saying, they want to see if they can get something right. or and then if not it's like there's like no point anymore. no point no Where point in like, talking to you to me is like the point for me in talking to someone is like i want to see if you're cool and like like yeah if you're a cool dude if we want to keep chatting or having a good time or like like to want to hang out you know i feel like a lot of everyone you got to give everyone a chance because you never know who is gonna be dope right i mean like you know i usually thought you were a loser i know you did it's okay you know it's the Same. haircut it's the face it's the face it's the face dude it's a punch the amount face. of people that have met me and be like you know what when i did when i met you first i thought you were a total asshole <laughs> and i was like oh did i look at you wrong they're like no you look just looked at me normally oh my God. <laughs> and that's, and that's well, what it is i mean that might be see usually people just think i'm an idiot right i can tell people just usually assume i'm dumb right it's okay because you're they, you know you're cali surfer yeah, well, they they underestimate, and then you always over deliver. It's good. It's yeah, a good thing. I like it. I like yeah. it. But no, it it is very true, man. That uh, people people look at you transactionally, and it's like you got to connect with somebody on a human level. But like, think about think about living a whole life, right? Where you've only looked at people transactionally. That sounds like it's terribly sad. Yeah, yeah, it's so sad. But like, you don't realize it. Like going back to what we're we're talking about, like people being fake. You don't realize what what kind of a fake life you're living because that's all that's yeah. how you've been raised. That's how that's the people you're around. Yeah. You're yeah. around a bunch of drones. That's why I, I yeah, I mean I gotta get out of here. <laughs> Straight up. You just gotta find people that you connect that's with. That's true. That's you know? true. But I mean I, there there are certain places where there's higher concentrations and LA sure. is like the least concentrated uh yeah. of all. Yeah, but it's crazy. I mean it's not being straight up with people. And I mean, it's interesting, right? Because I feel like you almost just leave a life. Maybe you get money or success, clout, fame. But what do you really end up with? Right. Like, do you do you end up with anything with any sort of meaning? Okay, you have this multi-million dollar business. What does that mean? What does that right. give you? Right. Like anything other than buying a nice car and you know, going on those vacations. But when you go on that vacation with the wife that, you know, has is with you for the money, like, what what are you talking about? What are you doing? What, how yeah. are you feeling? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you're still stuck with you. Yeah. And that's like the, you know, the crazy thing. Yeah, and people don't think about that kind of stuff until it's too late. And then that's when they start to spiral. They right. build that business and they've they've been so ambitious that they finally got it. And they've got that million millions of dollars of a of a goose egg, you know, 
and then uh, they're surrounded by fake people that only use them for their money, that only like them for their money and their status. And then they're like, okay, well, this is who I am. This is, I've got to keep this up. I got to keep the front up. And then, and then you, I mean, there's a couple ways of going about that. You have a crash, right? You know, you crash, you have some type of, you know, psychological crash, or then you, or maybe you lose all of it, you know, all your finances. And it's just like, all right, now what are you left with? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well how do you, how do you go about cultivating that more meaningful? Um, okay. Life? So, like, so how have you gone about that? Th- this is, well, this is it. Um, so the golden rule, right? Treat others like you want them to treat you, right? Yeah. That's not all of it. The most important, so that's what Jesus said, right? In the Bible, that's the golden rule. No shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sorry. So, but the first part is what people leave out, right? The first part is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and then treat your neighbor as yourself. Your connection with being itself, so in theology, God, the way you define God is ultimate being, ultimate intelligible reality. It's an, he's not a man in the sky with a beard, okay? Fuck, Santa's not real. Santa's real. The God guy, not real. Okay, okay. Yeah, so it's it's okay. Santa's okay. But it's that's how you look at it. God is God is the transcendentals. What is good, true, and beautiful, and what is being being itself. Okay. So when you have a better relationship with that your relationship with everyone else improves. A lot of people don't have that relationship, and that's where they struggle. And um, when you mention it, you know, people's idea of, of God usually comes to, or an idea of a, of a creator, right, of, of ultimate reality, is some person, some authority figure in their life when they were younger that was mean to them. What do you mean? So like maybe they went to church and there was a mean preacher or a mean priest or like, you know, maybe maybe their parents were mean and that's like, that's a lot of people's relationship with God or understanding of who God is, is how the, is their relationship with their own dad. Right. Okay. You know, if your dad's like real hard on you and judgmental, then your view of, of God is similar to that. Gotcha. And it's not true. Right. So I think people people's personal journeys with their relationship with their creator, with nature itself, right? Reality itself needs to improve. And when you can improve that, I think more parts of your life improve. That makes sense. Yeah. So for me personally, it's been that. Right. Cuz I've had I I grew up as a Christian and understanding that every that we've all been created in the image of God. We're all equal. Okay, you're richer than me. I'm poorer than you. We're still equal, so I'm going to treat you the same way. I'm not going to treat you any better, but I'm going to treat you great because we're the same. Does that make sense? Right. A lot of people don't have that theological core to their to their thought process. They don't view someone else as just like them, 
And so when they interact with you at a party, it's all transactional. So you're telling me that most, a lot of people consider themselves better or I guess worse than others inherently. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. You might not. I definitely don't. But a lot of people do. And it's always this competition game of status or... See, it's just so crazy to me because, I mean, you know, I, I might be naive, right? And But we're like all people here together. Like, we're all people. We're literally all the same. Yeah. We're all totally different, yet we were... But, you know, inherently, we're all the same. Yeah. And, 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 you know, to me, it just never makes sense why, you know, we have... There's... You know, all the problems and issues that people have between each other as race, this, that, and other thing. It just, it just is so, you know, hard to understand for me because I see that fact. Yeah. You know, we can make jokes about shit, whatever we want. Right. Right. Because, you know, language is fun. Yeah. But it's like, it, it's really crazy that, you know, it just seems like all these problems that are so rooted and deep rooted don't make sense to me. And I can't really understand them. Yeah. Because I, I just see everyone. We are all here together. Yeah. I don't care if you're, you know, from the middle of the Yangtze River in China, you know, it's yeah. the same, you know, or you're from the Nebra- middle of Nebraska, yeah. like whatever. You're the same person. Well, when your parents raised you, is that how they raised you? I mean, I, probably. Yeah, I think I mean, so. You never heard your parents saying like, oh, that those people are shitty people. Oh, no, of course not. All right. That's a lot of what, I mean, like from from birth to I think seven years old, they they say that you pretty much just mimic everything around you, right. people around you. You just mimic them. So if the first seven years of your life, you're around people, your parents, I mean, you're around your parents more than anybody, right? right. When you're the kid. If they're that way, if they are always talking shit about people at the dinner table, or they're always talking down about people, that's what you do. And that's normal. Right. But if you don't have that, then that becomes normal. Okay, so you definitely can't have any kids, bro. I can't have kids. <laughs> They're going to be fucked up. <laughs> yeah. But no, I think people are the same and stuff. <laughs> that's weird. Yeah, that is weird. I mean, the way things are going, that would be weird. I mean, it's contrary to every civil rights movement that we've had. Yeah. It's like, we're all the same, Martin Luther King. We're all the same. Now it's like, no, we're so different. In fact, fuck all you guys. We're we're so different. So then we end up with Takashi six nine. Takashi six nine. That's it. That's what happens Gosh. when you forget about the Birmingham address, Martin Luther King's letter in the Birmingham jail. That's you get Takashi. We're so fucked. <laughs> <laughs> no, but dude, like that, that, a lot of people are like that, and 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 I didn't realize that because I was very naive in my twenties as well. Yeah, I, I would meet people and I would assume that they looked at me the same way that I looked at them as another person that I'm going to respect because they're a person. But it's just not true. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I fully come to that conclusion yet, but it's just it's wild to think. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about the people that you do get along with. Think about your friends. Right. You guys pretty much treat each other the same, right? Yeah. Yeah. Selfish people very narcissistic people you're probably not friends with. Right. Because they w- they're they not going to treat you that way. Yeah. 
Right. Well, it's it's wild too because over time, I feel like I've I've you know I guess to your to your point, right? It's like you never do things for people or treat people in a certain way, ever expecting them to do things for you back. Right. That's it. You never you never expect it, right? Yeah. But what I found happening over time is whether you're going out of your way, being you know whatever, being real, being true, whatever, and and doing things, you don't do it because you expect that them to be to act that way back to you but when people consistently don't it's it's very disappointing and disheartening yeah because it's not that you do it for the reason to to people to do it back to you but when people don't show a similar level of of care or concern it's really disheartening because you know you do care so when people and then but the thing i try to remind myself is that the thoughts never; those thoughts never even cross those people's mind. That's the craziest part. That's the wildest part to me. One hundred percent. That they don't even think that way. Yeah. It's not like they like were like, oh, okay, I thought about it, but I'm just not going to do it. They just never thought about it. Yeah. It's crazy. It is. It is. And but because that is the truth, you have to find some type of comfort in that and be like, right. oh, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. They're they're so far off on this interrelational connection that we actually have yeah that i can't i can't do anything about it i just got to stay me yeah it's crazy too it's like (laughs) you know when you meet someone who's like a super super selfish person and like they just like they talk about themselves they only talk about themselves and shit about them but they never even like they don't even realize that's the craziest part they don't realize they're doing it sure yeah it's 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 absurd yeah and you know you have you have some people that, that talk about themselves just because they're nervous, right? right? And that's different, right? But but yeah, it's always the, the friend who's always you're always talking to, and you say something, and you're like, yeah. So last night I went to Five Guys, dude, and Five Guys is awesome. They never ask, well, what happened? Yeah, it's dude. Let me tell you this one time I went to Five Guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, I mean, all right, well. All right. Well, all right. I'll remember what I was gonna say. I know he didn't ask, but I'm gonna I'm gonna tell him what I was gonna say. Five ten minutes later, he's still telling the story. Yeah. And you're like, shit. Well, I forgot what I was gonna say. I mean, that's actually a perfect example because that's literally to a T. Yeah. Like those types of people. It's yeah. It's wild. Yeah, and they and they're just not thinking about it. Yeah. They're not thinking about it. And I, I don't. You know. It, but how so, much of that is how they're raised, right? Like you think? Oh, like, a like, lot. You think dude. that's like like ninety five percent how they're raised? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because like I know my my parents would uh, like we would talk about that. Like you know, like when you talk to somebody, you talk you talk to them like you try to understand who they are. Yeah, like that's just how I was raised to talk to people. Some people aren't. Some people that conversation never comes up. It's like you know you're sitting at the dinner table and your your dad's like, okay, uh, who'd you hang out with today? Uh, Kevin, I went over to Kevin's house, and we played video games. What's Kevin's dad do? Uh, I I think he said he's an insurance salesman. Oh, pff, insurance salesman, Jesus! They probably don't make any money. Yeah, he's probably low on the rent. Oh, oh, is that is that what insurance salesmen do? <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be an insurance salesman. Oh, okay, Dad. All right, All right you, uh, don't go to Kevin's house again. Uh, uh, why? I don't want you hanging around with the son of an insurance salesman. Oh my god! Uh, okay, all right. Can't you find another friend? <laughs> I guess so. 
you know, it's like <laughs> that was a good voice. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. I've been watching a lot of South Park. Yeah, that was impressive. So, uh, but yeah, like when that's your relationship with your dad, you, the authority in your life, or your mom, or whatever, that affects you. Yeah. So well, it's going to just... dictate who your friends are, who you even consider friend worthy. Should we just start like uh, putting parameters on who can who can nut inside people now? Like just no no more children. Right. That's a yeah, that's a thought. I mean, we could do it. Are you here for it? No. I mean, I can I understand that that uh, argument. I mean, for sure, because you know, usually the people who are having a lot of kids can't support those kids. Yeah. Okay. And and also because they can't support them, they're working all the time. So it's like, how can you, how can you phys- how can you uh, ethically develop? Right. You know, when you're working all the time. It's a hard thing I mean, to, to be, you know. The whole world, we just need to take after China. One kid only. Yeah. You know? I, th- I think in about 10 years, we're all going to be speaking Mandarin. Fuck, I better get started. <laughs> I know. I need to get on John Cena's level. Konnichiwa! Yeah. You, you saw his... Uh, John Cena? Yeah. You saw that, right? Where yeah. he apologized to China in, in Mandarin or Cantonese. Insane, dude. He can speak fluent. What was he apologizing for? He said something. He acknowledged Taiwan as a, as a country. Is it not? Yeah. Well, it is. But China has an interesting relationship with it where they want to overtake it. And they don't really <laughs> acknowledge it as a country. And because John Cena was promoting the Fast and the Furious, the newest movie, uh, when they set, when he said, oh, I can't, you know, I'm, uh, I'm happy that we were premiering our movie in Taiwan. And I appreciate it. China got mad because they're like, hey, we don't acknowledge Taiwan as a country. And because Fast and Furious makes the majority of their money from China, like box office sales from China, John Cena did a video apology gotcha. in, in Chinese. So I think the way, I think one of the best ways that we're going to be able to measure true success of us as a people is when we get to Fast and Furious 20 is when we're really going to know. We will, yeah, yeah. Because by that time, it is the most global, universal, universal, yes, literally, like galaxy. Yeah, like I mean, it's it's going to be spanning like the people on Mars, you know, from from Elon's, uh, yeah, you know, shit, SpaceX. They're going to be like, well, you know, we sold about a million dollars worth of box office, you know, yeah. tickets. I mean, Vin Diesel might have hair. You never know. Yeah, he probably will. Well, he'll probably be. It'll probably be the clone of Vin Diesel. Yeah, you know what I mean. Chia pet. Yeah, <laughs> with hair. <laughs> he can grow hair now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but yeah, we'll we'll know. Okay, that's that's it. Because Hollywood, yeah, you, you yeah. can't you can't tell Hollywood stop making movies. Everybody loves movies. You know what I mean? They do. Hollywood, Hollywood will exist no matter what country is ruling the world. Fuck. You know what I mean? I mean, I guess so. Uh, I mean, they would make be making propaganda films. Okay, I'm here for that. Yeah. Let's bring that let's bring those back. Wonder what the Fast and the Furious twenty propaganda film would be. Um, I don't know. Let's take bets. They all go into the metaverse? Yes. And they're all racing in the metaverse? <laughs> yes. Four NFTs. Four NFTs. Dude. Yes. Oh my god. Like Fuck the NFT yeah. of like a, a new lotus. Like yeah. whatever the new Lotus is, maybe like a little, maybe a McLaren. Yeah, they're not they're not racing for pinks anymore. Yeah, no more pinks. No pinks. <laughs> Paul Walker comes back. Yes, yes. Fuck yeah, that's it. In the metaverse, Paul Walker still is. Yeah, R.I.P. Paul Walker. Yeah, I love Paul Walker, dude. 
you're you're from the same cloth. We, it's Paul we're, Walker. We're cut from the same white boy cloth. That's right. Yeah. I like it's that. Surfer California right. vibe. I mean, I just don't have that need for speed. That's hot pursuit too. <laughs> that is true. I lack the need for speed. Yeah. I mean, I Paul Walker's back. They can clone him from all the footage they have of him in films. Right. So they can make an AI of him. And then we'll see you again. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. And then what you get to do is you get to interject yourself into the new Fast and Furious 20 movie. Whoa. You get to be a character in the film. You're so it's like movie. a it's like a theme ride. It's like a park a theme park ride. <laughs> but you get to when you put your goggles on, you're in the film. And you're like literally playing out that hour and a half movie. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. And then Vin Diesel's like Vin Diesel's like, you gotta make it to the bridge or we're all gonna die. And you're like, hell yeah. And you switch <laughs> gears in your fake car, your NFT car. <laughs> no and way. and you get you get upgrades, right? By performance. Damn. Right? Yeah. I mean, see, see, this is why you gotta be in shape, guys. Exactly. Because if you're not in shape, you're not gonna be making you're not gonna be switching gears, you're not gonna be running fast. No, your your mind's not gonna function as well. Yeah. If exactly. your if your physical body is decaying with atrophy, right? Yeah. That's why I always said, like, the metaverse doesn't threaten personal training at all. Right. Because when augments. you get out, you're gonna you're gonna be like this. <laughs> I gotta do something. You're like, yeah, here I am. <laughs> yeah. I'll train I mean, you. We can just like work out online, honestly. Like in the metaverse, I think. That might be better. Well, you know what's interesting is like, you know, that mirror? Yeah. You know, where you put yeah. on your wall and you can work out with somebody? <sighs> I don't know what the uh the study is on that and like how long people actually use that. I feel like I would use that for the first week. Yeah. You know what's crazy is that I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. It's like I don't barely even work out anymore. Yeah. It's well, especially like I don't know, after you know, being at the gym all the time, which me was like, dude, I'll work out for thirty minutes maximum. Right. And then I'm good. Yeah. And like maybe once or twice a week. Yeah. But it's also I guess, you know, I get so much exercise from surfing, but, but it's you like, surf. I have like way less desire to like train hard. If someone trains me, I fucking love it. Right. It's wild. It's crazy, dude. Yeah. The last time, good time, I probably got a really good workout. You know the feeling when you get a really good workout. Oh, yeah. It was when someone trained me. Absolutely. It's a, it, it's like, it was crazy. Yeah. I need to stop saying crazy, okay? It cut was shocking. Out, cut that out of my vocabulary. It was flabbergasting. All right. I like it. I was awestruck. All right. Cool. I like that. I like switching <laughs> it up. I've never heard flabbergasting. Flabber, I was flabbergasted. I thought that's what I said. But you said it was flabbergasting, which oh, makes okay. sense. Yeah. I've just never heard it used that way. I mean, we're, we're making up new verbiage. I like it. Language is fun. It is. It's the title of the, the episode. <laughs> yes. Language is fun. Let's go with that. Um, but yeah, dude, for sure. And you don't, like, here's the problem, and I think I was, I was hinting at this earlier with, with some of my clients. It's like, it's hard to get people to work out with weights yeah. unless they have a goal that the weightlifting is going to help them accomplish, right? Right. And so, for a lot of a lot of my clients, especially when they're older, I'm like, "Hey, what do you like to do?" Well, I like to hike. Oh, all right, everything we're doing is based on you being able to hike whatever mountain you go to, yeah. and be good with. Like they're gonna your cardio is going to be guy. fine. Your your leg muscle stamina in your legs is going to be fine. And we're going to have we're going to do posture correction and core strength. And we're gonna keep your back strong, so you're, you know, you're, you got good posture. Cool. All right. But nobody ever trains that way. They're like, all right, we'll go bodybuilding, right? You know. But all I want to do is hike. 
And they get tired of it. Yeah. Well, it is crazy to me. It's like now when I see people doing like traditional weightlifting, I'm like, God, I was so dumb. Yeah. Like it's not that, let's see, like if you want to have those big beach muscles on uh, like, you know, I feel like that's good. But it's like to me over time, you're just degrading yourself. It's, I mean, if you're doing like lighter weights and you're not doing super sure. too much and your mobility is good. But to yeah. me, it's like almost like, you know, it's like I facepalm. <laughs> right. You know, it's just like, God. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you're forcing food down your throat to stay at like a muscle mass yeah. composition, uh, it's not natural. Yeah. Right? But if you eat natural and, and work out, you're going to lose all that that mass. Right. Um, so eventually, you will lose the mass. But what is no matter the infatuation what? with being big? It actually, it, it, like, I understand maybe, you know, ego, whatever, all the that, stuff we've been talking in, back into, but like, it that. doesn't actually make sense to me if you're someone who's really scrawny yeah and you're naturally scrawny to want to be bigger and put on some mass and have some more muscle that makes sense yeah but a normal guy to just want to like be big and wide and have like that doesn't make sense to me yeah i mean it's called an adonis complex so Can you enlighten me adon uh, bodybuilders have it they're never big enough they're never cut enough you know they their their dimensions aren't you know big enough you know the shoulder width's not big enough and what does that do for them well well they were able to build their muscle right so they they find satisfaction in controlling how big they are right yeah. which gives you respect and i remember when i when i came into uh to equinox you remember aaron yeah right so we he was talking to me and he he used to do uh some fun stuff on the side and he got pretty big no shit Right before you met him, before yeah. I knew him, he showed me a video. Dude was sauced. No way. Like just <clears throat> like huge, and he's got great genetics. He's got a good frame, upper body wise, wide shoulders, big arms. So like he filled out, and you know he never does legs, so he was only doing upper body. <laughs> so like he just got, he got huge, and he was like, "It's crazy, man, the way men smaller than you." talk to you when you get that big <laughs> he's like you feel like you're their father yeah like they could be 50 years old but they talk to you like they're talking to their father because they want to look like you i could see that yeah and i was like dang no one's ever been that real about it and he was like yeah dude he was like that's actually what i miss i think he said that he's like that's actually really? what i miss because it, it does feel good okay see i could see, i could see that that see that's like actually a real thing like that's tangible yeah that, that i could see and you could see you remember when chris avenant yeah would, he would had clients they all all the guys pretty much scrawny guys yeah you know that could never be six six yes yeah, <laughs> dude 30 yeah <laughs> they couldn't be him it's just like when i was training when i when i uh, had a meeting with this guy and jt was out there training he was like, I want to look like that guy. I'm like, okay, well, you're not 6'5", and, you know, but, you know, okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can't do blackface. Yeah. That's not, not at Equinox. It's not, you know, we're in almost 2022. We can't, uh, yeah. we maybe, can't do that. Maybe you, if you had a podcast in the metaverse, yeah. you could do it. I mean, you're British. It's not going to, it's just not going to work. It's sir. not going to, it's going to be so, you're going to be blackface, <laughs> speaking a British accent. It's not going to work, dude. Yeah, just, you know, it's okay. But, yeah, I mean, that's, and in the in the personal training business, uh, you realize that what you physically look like determines your success way more than your knowledge. Yeah. 
And it's a weird thing. And so, so what you have to do is, is like what I've had to do is I've had to learn how to convey that. Right. And straight up off the bat, say that, tell people the truth. You want to train with someone huge <laughs> because you want to be like that. Yeah. But you can't. Now, if you take these steroids, <laughs> you can. But unless you do that, you're never going to look like that. Yeah. They'll never tell you that, but I will. Right. Because they don't make their business off of getting you to their size. They make their business off convincing you to stay with them to eventually get to their size, and you never do. Yeah. It's like, you know, you see the influencers online who make the most money as, you know, influencer, fitness influencer. They just look a certain way. Yeah. If you hear them talk about fitness, they've never trained anybody in their whole life other yeah, than yeah. their aunt. You know what I mean? For sure. Or a friend of theirs. You know, you and then it's like... And they're fake. What's that? And you see them in person, it's just all fake, but right. you know, that's besides the point. Well, no, yeah. But I mean, it is kind of the point, though. Yeah. Like, you can't be a trainer. Well, it is interesting because before I even was tra- like really trained people, you know, and I was, you know, even way more into fitness even almost, you know, for myself than I was, uh, than, than, I, than I am now. And, you know, I thought I knew a lot. And then I realized I don't know anything. And right. then I still realized I don't know absolutely anything at all and the people i feel like could tell you think they know a lot are the ones it's almost like you got to be you got to be wary of yes because like i could tell you how to work out and how to do certain things and put you know get some good workouts but could i tell you that i really know what i'm doing right i i I personally don't because there's so much else there you know to, to to really to really learn and when you really see someone who really knows what they're doing it gives you a little perspective yeah yeah it's it's a it's a very good trait to realize the more you learn the less you actually know oh for sure i mean there's levels to everything yeah but that's a good what'd you how'd you say that again the more you learn the more you realize you don't know yeah but like when when you do meet somebody who's like yeah i've got all the answers this 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 everybody should a red flag should go up yeah because there's so much out there yeah you know what I mean? It's almost like, you know, that term you just said is almost like the whole, uh, the better you get at something, whatever, you know, whether it's, you know, a profession, but a lot of times, whether it's, you know, if you're an athlete, it's something that you like to do. The more critical you get of yourself because you realize the levels to the game. It's the, right. sa- it's the same thing, yeah. you know? It's, it's like the better you get at something, the better you got at wrestling, you start comparing yourself to the people who are really fucking good at wrestling. Oh, yeah. And you're like, I am dog shit compared Absolutely. to the people who are really good Absolutely. at wrestling. So it's like the same thing. But the people in re- who have that reverse mentality, they get better. Oh, I'm 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 good. I'm one of the best. It's like, yeah, exactly. Immediate red flag. It's the girl who always has a boyfriend. Run away as fast as you can. So true, dude. So true. <laughs> I never I never put that together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The girl that's always got a boyfriend. Yeah, I mean, they got a boyfriend. They have they have Jack this week, Brendan three weeks later, you know, Corey a month later. <laughs> Corey. Um, um, yeah, fucking poor Corey. You know, and it's like they just can never be by themselves. Yeah. And it's just, you know, yeah. red flag number one. I always thought a red flag when I was younger was was people who would always bring a date to a Christmas family get together. Every yeah. year. They were dating another person at Christmas. Because they needed that validation from their family, right? That could be it. That could be it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I never, I never looked at it that way, but that might be it. See, I think I'm prescribed to the theory of just you never bring girls around, so then people just like, you know, they never know. They never know. Yeah. Even potential girlfriends. Right, exactly. They would never know. Yeah. I'm playing the long game here. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care what my family thinks. They could think I'm gay. Yeah, I'm playing the long run. Exactly. The long game here. Yeah. That's that's good. I like the way you think on that one. You got to think ahead. I'm telling you. You 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 got to plot 20 years ahead so you're, you know, people who might or might not care about you think a certain way about you. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why you have to figure out what's going to happen in Fast and Furious 20. Exactly. Dude, you. if you're not thinking about this stuff, so you said at the very beginning of this podcast, you said that the metaverse kind of scared you. Yes. Right? Because you'd never really thought about it before. Right. Have you seen The Matrix? Yes. Do you remember The Matrix? Um. Yes, but it was hard. Honestly, I had a hard time following it. Okay. When? How old were you when you watched it? The last time I saw it was a year or two ago. It was on Netflix. Okay. It is? I might have been super faded when I watched it. You might have been faded. Let's get faded. And watch it again. <laughs> so it's a horrible recipe. So we're basically going to be in the metaverse. We'll be in the metaverse literally watching it. Oh, my God. I think that's what the new one is kind of like. He's in the Matrix watching. Like, there's there's a new trailer of him actually watching the original Matrix in the movie. Wow. So it's going to be really meta. But anyways, go back and watch that movie. But the whole point is the Matrix in the Matrix, right? The simulation is the metaverse. Right. It's okay. just a, a super advanced metaverse um, compared to what it is right now. I mean, if Keanu Reeves is there, I'm there. It's a simulation where a- every physical sense is the same as it would feel in the real world. Um, and machines, artificial intelligence, has taken over, and they grow humans in these pods. Remember the pods that he would escape? Mm-hmm. But they use the bio... the bioavailable energy the heat that you produce as a human as as their energy to continue living because the factories so this is the one thing that didn't that probably wouldn't happen if if the whole matrix was just a documentary right (laughs) and this is just like how the future of our civilization will end right if it was just a documentary the only thing that would that might not have worked was the reason that they're using humans as inter- as an energy source is because when the artificial intelligence finally started uh, going against humanity, humanity nuked the AI, right? Which in turn blocked out the sun. So the nuclear ash covered the sky, and so sun couldn't enter into the atmosphere of of earth because the the nuclear ash but the artificial intelligence survived and so they switched energy sources from the sun to human human uh heat right i think that dmt just hit (laughs) so anyways i just don't think that we would nuke the ai okay and so i feel like that would be different i don't know what that really changes i mean obviously they could use the sun as an energy source um, but yeah, dude, it, the whole point is like, you got to get out of, out of the matrix cause it's not real, but there's a guy in, in the movie who had, is out of the matrix and is on Keanu Reeves side, Yeah. but he was like, you know what? I just want to plug, plug me in, but let me be rich and famous. 
Because that's better than living in this shithole that I live. I live underground. I hide. You know, I live in a submarine underneath the earth. And I live in a shitty spot. I'd rather just be in the Matrix because I can't even... He's eating a steak with one of the agents. He's like, I can't even tell the difference between this steak in the Matrix than in the real world. Just make me rich and, and famous. I mean, here's the problem with that logic, though. This guy has clearly never listened to the great Migos say... I'd rather be rich than famous. That's right. And, you know, if you want to be rich and famous, that's just too much to ask. It is. I've thought about that. I've thought about because, like, dude, what I'm doing right now, people get really famous doing. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. You're almost there. I'm almost there. Maybe if I got a million more followers than the, the two followers that I have, I could be there. But, I can't count that high. It's, it's a high number. Yeah. But I've thought about, like, how how much is this going to change me? You know what I mean? Or how how much could it potentially change me? And I've thought about worst case scenario. Worst case scenario, I neglect my relationship with Courtney. And You haven't already been doing that? I, yeah, I'm a piece of shit. No, I'm kidding. Worst case scenario, if you get famous. Yeah. You neglect all the people around you who actually care about you, right? For fake clout chasers who only care about you now because you're famous. Right. But in a, in a beautiful sense, if you, you know, podcast popped off, you know, like a million people, you wouldn't be walking down the street getting noticed and shit. Well, I mean, you'd probably meet some cool people podcasting and maybe you'd fall into some new, new scenes. But in that way, it's not like, you know, you're blowing up from a, a TV show or, or, or something like that, whatever, TikTok. Yeah. The good I mean, thing is people could actually get to know who I really am. Yeah, exactly. They know you're not like, you know, that's the crazy part about these people who are just rich and famous online. Nobody like knows if this person like, like that's crazy even about like, you know, the president. I mean, everyone knew Donald Trump was a dickhead, but like, you know, right. like, or, or, or anyone like, is this a, like, or people who, you know, if they get in trouble a lot or they're like, you know. A wife beater or something. Obviously, they're not a good person. But like in general, celebrities, people, famous people, rich people, you don't know if they're a good dude or not. It's crazy. No, you just know the character they play. Exactly. And they usually play good guys. Yeah. And and the thing is that most of these dudes, have, like, I've got to be assholes. Well, yeah, just you, no way. Yeah, you hear that most most of them are. Yeah. I it's mean, crazy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you. I think about that a lot. Getting famous from this, and um, I I know if if I neg- if I don't stay with her, not as in like, oh, I gotta stay with you, baby, during my life. We've got such a great relationship. If if I let something else get in the way of that, I'm not being the person I should be. Yeah. And it's it's great that I've got that metric to measure by. Right. Because a lot of people don't have a relationship like we do to where it's like, well, maybe I, I mean, probably should in this relationship i've got other people that are like better yeah like seeking me out maybe i should but i know for a fact that this relationship is like like i did mdma right i did mdma therapy wait and, mdma therapy yeah please tell me about this so <laughs> you take you you take mdma yes right under supervised uh who's supervised <laughs> don't worry about it but anyways <laughs> Um, <laughs> we can't just run away from that. <laughs> but but the uh, the actual way you do it is with a therapist, right? Um, it's not legal, 
right? But some people do it, right? And then they're 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 doing uh, studies on it right now. So hopefully, in the next year or two, by twenty twenty three. It'll be legalized. Like, is it just you and the therapist, or is yeah. it like you and your significant other and the therapist? No, 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 no. For it's what just, and for what reason? Like, what is that taking the MDMA? You work through trauma. Okay. Right. So it's like ketamine. How they some people they do like different chemical. There. I know. I know. No. I and it, ta- and it interacts taken, differently. I've taken both. Right. Let's be real. Here. Let's be um, real here. No, I just meant so that I've heard that that's also yeah. You know they use that and that's as legal. A, as a ther- yeah. It's so right. ketamine therapy is legal. Yes, but uh, yeah. Right. So. Uh, when I did that, I, I did three sessions, and on the third session, a thought popped into my head, and it was like the best thing you've ever done is your relationship with Courtney. Now I didn't want to accept that. <laughs> I, I was like, no, 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 no. I don't. That's that kind of it, it hit my ego. Yeah. But then I was like, but why is that bad? Yeah. Why would I even be in a relationship? If it wasn't something I should be proud of. Yeah. Well, it's amazing that you have a, an individual. And I think for different people, it could be an individual. It could be a pursuit. It could be anything Absolutely. That, that is that harbinger, harbinger of like... A metric. Yeah, that metric yeah. Of, of where you are and, and, and holds you accountable into that standard of who you are. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I think, I think we're all searching for that. Yeah. Yeah. And, th- and that's a hard thing to find. Very hard. Yeah. The hardest. Yeah, and I I almost feel like uh, it's not fair when I when I say that to people because like, dude, having a relationship work super hard. Yeah, super hard because you got to be so vulnerable. Oh. Like you got to be weak as shit sometimes and just let shit go and then be like, you know what? I'm an asshole. You just got to be a total pussy. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> <laughs> on the scale of pussification. Yeah, at the top, baby. To bring it all back to where we started. Yeah, but yeah, so it's like. You know that that's a that's a thing that like I know if I get to a certain status of like you know online clout or whatever if I neglect that I'm yeah. I'm less of who I should be I know that for a fact yeah well I, mean, I can let go of some friends for sure. for sure I got some friends that I can I I get some money I don't know you we're trimming that fat yeah we're trimming that fat for sure like I thought about like if the if the apocalypse ever happened. And you, you know, you're gonna have people reach out to you. Yeah, you know what I mean. And they're gonna be like, "Hey, where are you? Where are you hiding out? My phone's gonna be dead." Yeah. And then, and let's say that, like, in a year or two, everything settles and we go back to civilization. And then, you know, they text me again. I'll respond. Yeah. And they'll be like, "Well, why didn't you? Why didn't you when when the world when North Korea bombed us and like you were? Yeah. I was trying to survive. You were trying to survive. Why didn't you? Phone died, dude. We can talk now. That shit was on airplane mode, bro. Yeah. Like, there's definitely people in your life that you're like, if if shit hit the fan, I'm not I'm not bunkering down with you. Yeah. At all. I love you as a person, and I hope you can survive on your own, but you're going to get me killed. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of them. But that's... <laughs> <laughs> there's plenty of them, dude. Yeah. Very few people I would, like, risk my neck for now. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's crazy. Over time, you, you you assess that and you realize that, and it's you know. I think, yeah. As you get older, you just kind of see what's what and who's real and who's not, and like, yeah. And then like over time, it's like people disappoint you, right? Sure. And it's like, and that's part of life, and you expect to be disappointed, and it's just kind of assessing, you know, 
who's who's like a real one and who's going to be like who would you first off want to spend time in that bunker with second off who's like you know a real one like who like who who like can handle themselves in certain in high pressure situations right. and you know i guess court needs that well yeah i mean i've, I've got friends too Just but like and friends yeah you you don't uh you don't want to find that out no for sure. at that time well, like when, when the shit hit the fan. Now, all right, oh, yeah. all right. Well, let's get together and see if uh, this is gonna work out. Yeah, you know. Should we run it? Should we run it like a drill? You should. Yeah, we should have a drill for all friends, all new friends entering the friend community. Yeah, yeah. It's it's almost like you do a workout together. Right. Like you don't you don't know jack shit about somebody until you see them with their heart rate up. Yeah. Nothing, workout. dude. You don't know nothing about them, dude. <laughs> dude, every every client I have, when they get a little mouthy. Oh, we're gonna raise your heart rate today. Yeah, and see where you're at. And yeah. depending, like, dude, you, the mental fortitude to keep pushing with your heart rate up separates everybody. Like in every sport, that's true. That cardio is a factor that determines who, who who goes to the next level and who doesn't. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And in life, like, if you can't, if you haven't been practicing dealing with your rate or raised heart rate, yeah, and anxiety. And you break, you're not in my bunker, dude. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even just being able to like, well, yeah, being comfortable, being uncomfortable, but just being able to to relax in, in hectic situations, yeah, is is like so different with, with everything, every sport, you know, any yeah. high pressure situation, any, you know, if it's a fucking earthquake, you know, yeah, whatever, hurricane, you know, yeah. flooding, anything. It's like, have you armed yourself with the tools to? be calm in the face of pressure. And that's the difference I feel like between people, people are like, how do people do all this crazy stuff? It's not that they're not scared. It's that they're able to harness that and not panic. Yeah. It's like, it's really is that simple. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now uh, there's, there's people that I would obviously have in my bunker that couldn't protect themselves, but I would be willing to protect them. Right. Cause I care about them. How many people fit in this bunker? Jeez. I, I've got small bunkers. You know, I don't. I don't yeah. hang out with them big bunker guys. Yeah, I mean, so the, it's like the, this room. Those shit's expansive. Yeah, bro. yeah. Isn't that crazy? How billionaires buy those bunkers? <laughs> like they, like there's guys that like design bunkers for billionaires. Yeah, but dude, that's because like they need to spend money on something, and, and they're like, <laughs> dude, why aren't we doing this? And, and here, here's yeah. the best way. This is the best way to make mon- money. All right. Now I've not figured out a way to do this, <laughs> but this is the strategy I have in my head. Create a product that billionaires will pay for. Right. Straight off the bat, cash money. Tax evasion products. Perfect. There you go. Um, what else? Um, hookers. Yes, hookers. Hmm. More money, printable money. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to make more money. Yeah, printable money so they can like burn it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bunkers. Bunk, yeah, like apocalyptic a, stuff. A five million dollar bunker. There's gonna be like three, like hundred thousand dollar jeeps in there. They're never been, you know, they're not gonna be able to start when you need them because they've right. just been sitting. But you know, they're yeah. there. Yeah, they're there for the clout. Oh, for sure. Tesla's probably got a, uh, you know, like a a jeep, solar powered jeep that they yeah. sell on the billionaires strictly. I mean, I think we could they'll put like a bunker in like the Marianas Trench, like where it's just like molten lava. That would be kind of sick. Yeah. Can never leave. Yeah. Once you get there, you're never leaving. But you're just straight posted. Straight posted. <laughs> it would be intense though. It would but be yeah, intense. I'd have people in there that can't defend themselves. But then also, I would make sure that those people were reliable. 
Like, yeah, yeah okay, you're not going to be doing the protecting here. Uh, you're going to be doing something else? Or they're funny. Yeah, or they're funny. If you're funny, you're in. Yeah. You're in. Isn't that crazy, though? Yeah. Like, if you can be funny, you can... You can infiltrate a lot of it's different like circles. Really hot girls with uh, like this like lame ass dude, and I'm like, and she's like, oh, he's funny, and I'm like, well, he's not just funny; he's rich too. But right, know, we'll, <laughs> we'll, go, we'll go with that. Yeah, we'll go with that. Whatever, whatever. I let you sleep at night. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you're a good person. You like funny people. Yeah, he's not that attractive, but he's funny. And his parents are loaded. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. When did he tell you about that? What date? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what date did he mention? Yeah, my parents. You know, they've they got a lot of real yeah. estate. I'm inheriting a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, Let me know what date that was. He might have picked you up in a Bentley on the first day. It wasn't right. It was nothing. Yeah. But going back to your point, even before, it's you know what's crazy is people how they said you were talking about your relationship, and it's like people in these like relationships. A just relationships just to be in a relationship. Like just to be in one because you're like, you know, feel that sense of comfort. And, you know, I've been in been in this before where it's like or you're in one. You've been with them for a couple of years. You know, you have all this time, energy and and investment and love logged. You know, your right. lives are intertwined. And it's like, oh, well, I just can't let this go to waste. You know, so I'm just going to stick this out. Yeah. And then you're just like, you know, keep doing that. And it's not any better. It's just still shit. Right. And it's like, you know, and the people, it's just crazy. Like, dude, one of my, like, a friend of mine has got, got, uh, got engaged or married to this chick. I'm like, dude, this guy used to cheat on his girlfriend in college all the time. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Like, what is he what? doing? Like, what's happening here? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. it's just like, yeah. Does she know this? No, I don't think so. <laughs> no, of course not. No, of course not. But it's, well, hey, then again, you know, my, she, she might be one of those chicks that's like, hey, look, I'm going to make him yeah. monogamous. Right. And I'm, and it's not like, yeah, you never know the intricacies of certain things, but it's just sure. like, how often you see that? And I'm like, you know, from my experiences, like, and I haven't even had that many like girlfriends, but it's just like, dude, you can't, you can't just be with someone to be with someone. And it's like, that's right. like more than half of people. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. I mean, cause it's, I mean, it's something that it's like innate in us yeah. to be with somebody, especially the opposite sex, you know, to procreate like, that's just innate. Yeah. Um, but then it can also be used in a way to self-soothe. Yeah. You know, whatever you're dealing with. And, but this is the thing. The more you commit to that relationship, the more you find out about yourself. Yeah. And when I say commit, not that doesn't mean don't sleep with anybody else. <laughs> That's commitment. Commitment is, is transparency. Yeah. Relation, yeah. right? You have to be able to speak more honestly and take things less personal yeah and but here here's the real kicker for us guys it's hard to speak honestly with women right i think it's way more difficult for a man to speak honestly with a woman because of her emotional reaction and her taking it personal yeah i think men do that less for sure um but men, but they want us to be more honest, but when we're more honest, they react emotionally, and so we shut down, and we don't say yeah. how we really feel. So it's like, what do you want? Because when you get me honest, it's not going to be what you want to hear, but it's the truth. Yeah. So what do you, what do you want more? Something to make you feel good or the truth? And when you can meet, you can find somebody who is willing Definitely. to sit in it, yeah, and be like, okay, cool, all right, you, 
you're attract you're a, you're a guy you're physically attracted to women your nature is to to seek women out to <laughs> go after women you know that's how you got me like okay all right cool i'm not the only person that you've thought of sexually okay cool but you're, you're committed to me that. but you're yeah marinating that bitch <laughs> <laughs> but like you're committed to me all right cool what can i do right what can i do as a woman to uh to help you stay committed to me. What can you do as a man to stay committed to me? What, you know, it's a mutual thing that yeah. a, a relationship is. And like, I feel like a lot of women are less able and willing to make those compromises. Yeah. I think a lot of women get into relationships to be taken care of and not work. Right. Because think about it, dude. Women, when has a woman ever not, ever been told, Hey, don't cry. I mean, Stop crying. Other than by his by her boyfriend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Right? <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Mom and dad never told oh, stop crying. It's like, okay, okay, baby. Okay. It's okay, yeah. baby. Guys get told to stop crying at an earlier age. Yeah. You know? So it's like, and you want me to express myself honestly? Hold up. <laughs> I had to stop crying, bitch. I had to man up. <laughs> you ever been told to woman up? Yeah. No. So you get to express yourself freely. You get to say however you feel, prance around in your underwear. Yay, it's just me. And I get to shake my butt on TikTok. And that's not sexual at all. It's not just me expressing myself. <laughs> yeah. And us over here, we're just like, yeah, okay. <laughs> all right. Fuck. I don't have to cry. I'm never going to cry again. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, you, you get shut down emotionally. And so you get, in, and then you get into a relationship and then it gets real and you, you, ha, you need to express yourself and you don't know how. Yeah. Without triggering somebody. Then so you just fuck other bitches. And so you fuck other bitches and you don't talk to them about it. Exactly. And if you were able to just express yourself, you probably wouldn't have to fuck as many bitches. Maybe a few. <laughs> right. Only a couple. <laughs> but not all of them. Yeah, exactly. You know, but that's, a, that's the thing that women don't think about. Yeah. Man. And depending on depending on the humility of the girl, right, and how independent and self sufficient she is, that'll determine how much she's willing to accept. Yeah, well, that's like cool too, because I feel like you have, really have to have like your own shit, right? Yeah, like, I feel like in all my experiences, and you could tell me too, but it's like the more and you, it, you obviously you're gonna be intertwined, but you have to have like your own fully functioning separate lives. Yeah, like. And then when those lives come together, they're not, you're not dependent. It just makes when you're together, things are better. But you go your separate ways, you have your fully functioning life, and you come back together, yeah. and things are better. Yeah. And then we do things together, and then you go and do your own thing again. And then when you come back, you're like, oh, wow. You know, mo- this is you know, in a perfect world. Yeah. It all comes back together. And things are better. Yeah, and you support each other. Right. Exactly. And I think what's crazy is, even something I've been thinking about lately, it's like, as a guy, I think you need to turn around your mentality of what, like, you're even looking for in a girl, right? For sure, for sure. I think, like, you're taught, especially, you know, if you're, like, you know, whatever, good-looking dude or assault, like, a normal, like, good-looking yeah. athletic guy, whatever. You're, like, you gotta get the dime, right? You know, sure. you gotta get, like, the hottest girl, who, whatever. That's a and status I, symbol that shows meaning and purpose and... Exactly, and, you know, like, yeah. But I think 
turning your your mindset around they could be really hot but turning your mindset around to just finding a really you know obviously someone you're really attracted to and really pretty but who's very supportive and dope individual who you can connect with yeah who is very supportive and not asking you to be someone that they want you to be which is like crazy right because yeah. like usually fuck and they stop saying crazy it's like that person's like 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 no dude but yeah, I You're mean, from they, Calabasas. We've yeah. all accepted it. Okay, okay. Well, but okay. you know, it's yeah. like the like people they want you to be someone, and like they're gonna transform you into being that person rather than just you know going going with the person who's supportive. They and you can lead those separate lives and then come back together and things will be better. Absolutely. And then also you have you have yes, a, a girl wants you like might try to get you to be a certain type of guy. Yeah. Right. But then you also might be trying to be that guy to get that girl. Right. You know that what I mean? True. And then you're you're putting on a good front. Yeah. And then you start dating them, and then they're like, "Oh, that's not who you really are." And but then you got to keep the front up. Yeah. Like I just am a dick to all girls. <laughs> and then, you right. Because you're I, like, "Oh, that's what girls like. <laughs> they like assholes." So I'm gonna be an asshole. And, and then I, on our third date, you're like, "You know what? Your eyes look really nice in the sunset." And they're like, "Gay." <laughs> I'm out, bitch. I mean, yeah, that's never happened to me. Yeah, before, no, no, no. never when you're surfing with a surfer chick. Oh yeah, I mean, shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll never talk about the sunset, dude. <laughs> yeah, never. I mean, that shit was you know, that cool, anyways. <laughs> but yeah, that that happens, and so, but you don't realize it, right? Because because you can't really talk to girls honestly. Yeah, because girls don't even know how to talk to you honestly, especially right? not early on. Yeah, so it's like you think you're doing what girls want, and they think that that's what they want. Yeah, they, they think that. That type of guy is the best for them, right? Yeah, you know, and and, and I think women obviously women are more into status and and financial uh, success yeah. than men. Like I've never looked at a chick and been like, I date her, but she's not rich enough. <laughs> dude, no, no, never in my life have I heard a dude say that. Like never. I mean, never. I don't know. They'll take on the burden, like well, of, of like a, a poor girl. They'll take on that oh, yeah, burden. Like, I will provide for exactly. her. Exactly. Yeah, because, you know, I guess you got to do whatever you can to get that chick, but <laughs> to get that <laughs> yeah. money. But, you know, it's like, I don't know. Well, see, I've been thinking recently. Yeah. Like, it's almost 2022. We're in the age of women empowerment, equal pay all over. Yeah. I'm here for it. I fucking love it. Yeah, absolutely. I fucking love it. You know, but I'm, I've really been thinking and putting some hard-earned effort into what about me? We we can reverse that, and then I can just find a girl to pay for all my stuff, and I can just be like the house guy, the house guy. Yeah, yeah, dude, one hundred percent. I've thought I, about this. Yeah, I mean, it makes that's why of, I want her to be as successful as she possibly exactly, can. Exactly, dude. We need to reverse these stereotypes because yeah. I want to be the poor guy who's lifted up by the rich bitch. Absolutely. Like I think that just sounds great. Oh, it sounds amazing. I mean, I'll make sandwiches. You know, I mean, I'll clean dude. the house. Absolutely. Like, dude, I can make a sandwich. Oh, all you want me to do is plow you? <laughs> I mean, we're, we're good. Yeah, exactly. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. No, no, no. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll clean the house and plow you. Yeah. Fine. I mean, yeah. Shit, I got a hoe outside. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it is switching. But you know what's funny is uh, still and yet, women do want a man to do something. Yeah. To have their own shit going on. Yeah. So I feel like... that. It, Obviously, it's totally fine to date a woman who's making a lot of money, more money than you. Yeah. As long as you've got your own thing that you're trying to do. For 
for sure. Always working on something, then you'll be fine. Yeah. Um, but it is wild to me, like, how many, like, girls do expect, like, you, you got to, like... Yeah, like, like something isn't enough for them, right? Like, they're like, oh, this dude, he's a personal trainer. That Oh, well, he's not a doctor, so I'm sorry. You know? Like, yeah. It's, it, like, isn't that the, intense? Well, the reason the people who think like that, I probably just don't want to ever be associated with. Yeah, it'd it's probably just, be best for us not to be. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, my dick might think otherwise, but... <laughs> right. Right, but, you know, in the long run, it's probably best. Right. Yeah. But you just don't know. You you don't know that when you're younger. When yeah. I was younger, I was always trying to convince girls that I was worth it. Yeah. Even though I didn't have the financial status or the really the social the social uh wherewithal. Not, what's that? Wherewithal. Yeah. Perfect. Crazy, man. <laughs> uh the social wherewithal to even be in the same atmosphere as these girls. Yeah. But to me, I didn't look at those things. I didn't I didn't look at how you how social you were, how you you know, and and what your financial status was. I didn't look at that at all. I just looked at you as a person. Yeah. But you can never convince somebody who doesn't look that way, look look at people that way, that that's the best way to be. They've yeah. got to figure that out on their own. Yeah. Yeah, because you ever you ever had those those friends that are like, especially girls. Girls do this a lot. <sighs> all my all my exes are assholes. Bah, they do, they do, and they're all the same. Yeah. You're dating the same type of guy. Yeah. You're moving on from the same tattooed fitness influencer <laughs> to the next tattooed fitness influencer. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, you don't see a commonality here? No. All right. Well, maybe it's maybe it's four more of these guys down the line where you'll see, right. oh, okay, well, something's going on. Well, what's easy to do is to blame other people yeah. for everything that's happened. But, you know, when the same thing keeps happening over and over again, all men suck. Or, you know, all girls suck. Exactly. No, it's not. It's that your thought process around what's going on is wrong. You're not analyzing it correctly. Right. And, yeah. and the other thing, too, is you got to assess. Sometimes we're attracted to what's not good for us. Absolutely. And you got to know that. Yeah. Or at and, least come to understand that. Yeah, or at least come. Yeah, at least understand that. And, you know, if you're going to be attracted to that, you got to accept that you know you're gonna have to deal with that, or you're gonna just have to change your thinking, dude. I tell Courtney this all the time. I I dated lesbians in college. <laughs> That's all I dated. No shit, lesbians. And then I was like, no, they're not gonna be a lesbian. With me. Yeah, you know, they're not. They're not gay. They yeah. don't like girls more than me. <laughs> they all did. Yeah. And I was just like, no, 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 no. We have a connection. Yeah. It's like, nah, bro. It's, you're doing this over and over. This right. like, maybe you like athletic chicks, okay? But there's a difference between athletic chicks and the catcher on the softball team. Right. You know? They're always catching. Is there like a uh, pun intended in the catcher? For sure. Okay. Yeah. All yeah. right. Got it. Got it. Cool. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that was a me thing. Yeah. But I was, I was pointing out like, oh, these girls are the same. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, in a way. Yeah, because you keep picking the same ones. Definitely. And you don't even understand what you're doing. I mean, that's just like a thing overall. I think a lot of people, going back to self-reflection and stuff, because they never they never can accept that fact. They, they never introspect or look at things from that perspective, so they, they're never going to see it that way. It's hard, it's hard to be self-reflective. Yeah. Because then it exposes your ignorance. Right. 
and you're it, always going to see it. And it exposes you to a lot of pain and difficulty because how many things have you just been chalking up to, you know, it's their fault or, you know, they all suck. Right. But really, once you accept the fact that it might be you, right, it's painful because you're like, holy shit. You know, there's like a laundry list of things that probably I've been blaming on other people that might be my fault. Yeah, and then I got to work on that. Yeah. I got to change that, and that's going to take time. And it's really difficult. Yeah, I don't want to put that time into it. So I'd rather just be confident that it's them. It's them. It's not me. Yeah, I mean, it is them, and I'm down for the tattooed fitness influencer. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I, I missed that on purpose. Yeah. That was a, that was a good uh, good demographic I, I missed. Yeah, I mean, full sleeves only. Full sleeves um, only. I think. Can half ass it. Yeah. Those uh, are, you know. Preferably, like, you know, only into, like, you know, HIT workouts, I think. <laughs> right. Um, Not CrossFit specifically? No, specifically HIT. HIT, you know, got um, it. You know, Lean. We want to do this three rounds, uh, 30 seconds, all five reps in a row, and then a one-minute rest after... Right. after each yeah. um i think i think that's the thing or or a guy who strictly does 100 butterfly pull-ups you know all kipping i think there, there's a lane for both true i mean they're both dope yeah yeah i agree i like it. i'm here for it dope i uh yeah it is funny because like you know and and that's what you that's what i'm trying not to do it's one of my big goals in life is to not get to a point where um I've lost my self-reflection. Yeah. You know, and that's a practice. Like you've, you got to practice doing that. That's true. And a lot of that comes down to, uh, putting yourself in uncomfortable positions. Yeah. Well, sometimes I think, uh, I do this myself. I think lately I've been getting, uh, you know, with, a different, different things, I'll get super frustrated and, and pissed off about it and, and, and annoyed. And then I'll take that those things and i'll just become super alienated or disenchanted with them and, and i'll just kind of like lose interest and not stop putting in any effort instead of kind of just like a set trying to assess more of the situation of what i could do better or just like you know not letting it get to me and just right. saying it, it, that's how it is that's been that's how it's been but i can't it's not a reflection that. of me it's not a reflection of me i just need to continue going on but I, i've definitely found with you know different things whether it's dating or you know a, a different different things you know career-wise whatever that you know i let it get you know it just like pisses me off and i'm like oh fuck this like it's okay yeah you know which is the other which is the other lane you can go and just keep banging your head against the wall doing the same thing or you can just like get disenchanted with it and just like be like oh, i'm good like i don't care right and i think it's a process right it's like yeah you, you know you, you go through those moments where you're disenchanted with something and or disillusioned like you're just yeah. like oh, this is this is bullshit like i keep doing this what am I doing? And then you just go through like a bout of time where you're not being as connected to your source as you should be. Yeah. And you got you to gotta sit in it for a while. Well, you know. Think, and depending on your character, you'll right. be able to realize, okay, I've sat in this long enough. Definitely. I got to find something to move on to. For sure. And I think like all the things that are worthwhile come from like sitting in that mud and sitting in 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 it and from the disappointment and dis you know disillusionment or you know all the failures and all the stuff in the cliche is that sounds but you know all of that bullshit is literally what makes the good stuff good it wouldn't be good without all of that it's like yeah a human isn't gonna literally function like we've said without all of those problems and issues and you're not gonna know what's right without knowing what's wrong yeah 
Yeah. In that way. And it's not fun. It's definitely not fun. Right. Because um, there's consequences. Yeah. But I mean, it's part of that growing experience. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I had a, a bad relationship with uh, messing up, making mistakes when I was younger. Yeah. Um, and the older I've gotten, the more I really um, have consciously tried to shift my views on making mistakes. Like to where if I'm not making mistakes, I'm not trying in a way. You know, yeah. it's not like if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. It's not right. that. It's that if I'm holding myself back because I don't want to do anything wrong, I'm not being as effective as I possibly could be yeah. in, a, in a certain way, right? If I were just like putting everything in it with good intentions and if I fuck up, I fuck up, but moving on. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's a good point. I think just changing some of the your thought processes around those things can definitely be be helpful, I think. Cuz at at the gym, yeah. When I would uh when I first started getting people, you know, bringing people in, you have you do your your interview process, you know, at the very beginning you do your hour to see if they want to train with you. It used to be a certain methodology, right? The one you're taught, right? right. And then that doesn't work. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, well, am I making mistakes on it? Or, or, and then you get to a point where it's like, is this really even the process that it should be? Right. I know I've been taught this, but is this the proper way for me to connect with yeah. somebody? Yeah. No. Well, that, well, what's crazy about you saying that is that extrapolates to literally everything. What is the whole, what, what does everything try to tell you? This is how you do it. This keto diet is how you're going to do it. Right. This workout regimen is how you're going to do it. This is what I did, so this is what you're going to do. But there are tried and true methods, and there are ways of doing things. But what is going to work for you? What's exactly. the best diet for you? What's the best training program for you? What, you know, what, where is the best place to live for you? You know, it's, it's so, there is no one-stop shop. Right. Yeah, and, and and the older you get, hopefully, um, you under. I think you, what you want to do, I, I, and this is what I try to do, right? Is I'm trying to like understand myself more. Yeah. Right. So that I can have a better relationship with me. Right. The more I suppress, the worse my relationship with me is going to be, which is going to influence my relationship with everybody else. Right. It can be scary sometimes, though. One hundred percent. Oh yeah. Yeah. But when when you commit to that, right? It's a process of going back and forth, not committing enough, realizing you're not committed, all right, trying to commit a little bit more. So what's a bit of that process that you've been doing recently? MDMA. Or, or, it's it's very MDMA. MDMA therapy. And and when was the last time you did that? July? Are you taking like Press pills or crystals or like what? Um, yeah, the the powder. Better. Oh, like the press pills. It's not. In, I I measure it out. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's measured out. How much are you taking? Um, I I'd rather not. Okay. Say the dosage on on, but you can Google it and it's easily okay. available, right? You know, I've had my uh, brain melting experiences myself. But like this is this no is, for sure. So going back to it, right? So what it actually is, we we never even went over it. You're blindfolded for six hours and you lay in a bed. Really? 
on MDMA. No shit. Yeah. The reason for the uh, the blindfold is so that your thoughts can go inward. You're not oh, distracted. You're not talking to anyone. No. Now you can talk. That's okay. It's not like you're you're gag. Yeah. But you can talk to your therapist. But their whole point is to just get you to stop talking. And what did what are some things that you discovered from doing that? Uh, my relationship with my dad, who had passed, yeah, got better. My relationship with my brother, my relationship with my mom, my sister, in many ways were were uh, improved like, because of things I realized. Were you just like looking inside and coming to some like putting putting some dots together yeah. that hadn't previously been plugged? Yeah, and and the reason why MDMA is it seems to be like one of the top. It's like MDMA and ketamine are very helpful with alleviating certain depression, anxiety, but like MDMA specifically allows you to find the root cause of what issue you're dealing with. Like what, where's your depression coming from? Where's your anxiety coming from? Because the, the nature of MDMA is it shuts down the amygdala in the brain, which is the fear center. So your, your fear center of the brain is, is kind of shut off. So for the first time, you can actually access that traumatic experience. If you had a traumatic experience or something you forgot for the first time without fear, right? Without that protective fear. And you can look at it objectively instead of from that, from the the point of view of it happening to you. You can be like, oh, that happened to Cody when he was five. Right. Instead of, oh, that was me. That You're not in it anymore. You're kind of above it in a way. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, so like for me personally, like my dad was, like I said, he went through a, a depressive state of, of like four to five years. And um, he uh, he was a very angry man because of his life not going the way he wanted to. He was too hard on himself, obviously. But there was a lot more to it that I yeah. never really got to talk to him about. That's like one of my regrets is like not a lot, like not getting him to do MDMA therapy. Before he passed, but anyways, would he have been receptive? Maybe, maybe. Um, but I hadn't even done it, uh, you know. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, I couldn't even talk to him about it. But in the session, the first thing that popped up to popped into my head was I was in my old house when I was a kid, and he was yelling, kind of at me, but like past me. Yeah, his eyes weren't on me. It was like all his anger was going this way. And for the first time, I was like a foot and a half taller than him. So I was looking down on him. And it was weird because I've never looked at him that way. I was always looking up at him. Yeah. Right? So the perspective or the per perspective, right? right? Shift was huge. Yeah. So I was looking down at him. He was yelling past me. And for the first time... On his face, instead of seeing anger, I saw fear. And I was like, oh, he's scared. And then I just started connecting all the dots of why he was scared. That's crazy. His dad passed when he was 21. He had no male figure in his life to help him through adulthood. Right. When his dad passed, he was on his own. And he tried to make everything work out. He, He married my mom. He tried to make that work. He, he had us. He loved us, 
but he wasn't making financial success. You know, it's like all this stuff. And he had no mentors. He had no other older men in his life to help him. And it was all con- like I was making all these connections for the first time. Yeah, that's cool. You're able to make sense of things in that way. Yeah. But the thing is, the more words I use to express it, you, you got to pee. Let me let me say this one yeah. and, and then we'll end, dude, because this okay. has almost been three hours. No way. We're, we've done two <laughs> two hours and 35 minutes. No, no I want to see if we can go three hours without looking. Holy shit. But but all the words I'm using are just for me. Because it makes sense, right? What yeah. I just said to yeah. you makes sense. But you couldn't have told me that before the session, and it would have like connected with... I wouldn't have felt it. Right. And so that's what the MDMA allows. You yeah. to actually feel it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, what, that's what makes that, that reasoning, that connection... Uh, life-changing that's cool i mean i could i could picture that because i mean i've done it only in like the party sense but like it it does make you feel has made you you know like very like a life-changing moment or very you know enriching moment in a way as corny as it sounds even you're just partying so i could imagine in like a really introspective way i could really be very enriching yeah yeah i mean it's helped a lot of people especially people who who dealt with post-traumatic stress disorder of anyone doing that before to be honest you've never mdma Really? At least, yeah. Yeah. It, 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 they've been uh, researching it with uh, I've heard with of that. soldiers. Okay. Right? Really? Coming back from war who've experienced death, you know, and yeah, trauma yeah. that way. And then rape victims um, and abuse victims. Yeah. So that that's what it's really been helpful with people, uh, getting over those things. And then alcoholics. Right. Alcoholics have been able to, to change their relationship with alcohol. Because alcoholism, any type of addiction, comes from an emotional wound. That was never healed properly. Really? Absolutely, one hundred percent. I gotta say, I gotta stop saying absolutely one hundred percent. I gotta stop saying really and crazy. Yeah, like dude, when, that was a like, great, that was a great podcast. Really? Yeah, that was dope. Dude, it's like when someone says that was crazy. That was <laughs> dope, dude. That was fun. Yeah, that was fun. Thanks, Cody. The fucking cops, dude. Hell no! Like getting paid not a lot of money, dude. Fucking working! Hell no! My buddy made this song. That shit go dummy.